Now you got me thinking about how my mom will probably maybe... Well, she definitely will listen to this. She watches all of my Instagram stories and shit, so... Oh. Um, if um, you're listening, um, oh. Nick is getting pegged right now um, in front of me. And Dude. I hit record right when you started talking about that, so that's pretty Okay. Good. I said specifically, wait till I leave. Yeah, you did, but I... I can't be held down by, like, standards like that. But also, like, I didn't want you to tell anyone until we got further into the movie because of that whole pegging scene oh, in Bangkok yeah. Dangerous. Yeah, that's where the... That's where the <laughs> Are you fucking with me? There's a pegging scene in it? Um, That's how yeah. the city got its name. I'm going to see how many jokes I can make about um, Bangkok sounding like uh, Bangkok, you know? <laughs> I think you found like some real new territory. I'm but... fucking, I am, I'm, I, I'm, can we, can we cut that out? I, I don't know where I was going with that. I was oh, going with that dangle. <laughs> I'm going with that dangle. God, I hate myself so much. Okay. <laughs> Well, anyways, I think we've gone through a bunch of uh, pleasant nonsense here. Um, we are here today to discuss the wonder that is Nicolas Cage in our first matchup here. Our first matchup of all time. Last episode, we just went on a general overview of, of the Cage I don't know what that word means. It's something French, but uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's pronounced Aver. Oh, it, oh, over, over, o ovaries. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we went through just a general overview of uh, his ovaries. And um, now we're here to talk about our first matchup. It is Bangkok Dangerous versus Next. Now. For the keen eared viewer, you would know from listening to the last episode that neither of us had seen either of these films before this matchup. And, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's a thing. And I know what uh, you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Why would they do these two movies in the first episode? Because these are like the best ones. Mm -hmm. And everybody I mean, knows are, that. Um, these are generally the well-remembered ones out of Cage's, uh, entire filmography. I mean, like every time I've talked to someone about like this podcast we're doing, everyone's like, Oh man, Bangkok dangerous is probably my favorite film of all time. Like maybe, I mean, if, it's if not there. favorite, like top three. Yeah, it's definitely top three. I mean, it put the entire country of Thailand on the map. Yeah. Which... Like literally they didn't even actually have Thailand on maps until this movie came out. It was, it was kind of weird. Yeah. It was like a, a fictional land. Mm -hmm. um, one boss. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah well before that i mean they had siam on there but they were like they kept forgetting to update it and then they saw this movie and then we were like oh shit we were so behind oh yeah let's let's do the let's just do the nicholas gage one yeah yeah and that'll be the that'll be our country exactly <clears throat> but yeah um and then people are like next ah that'll be in the next episode right and then i was like uh that's a bad joke so uh, yeah, stop. well, it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> so stop saying that people I made up, and definitely not me. Actually, I, mean, I didn't make them up. What? Next is a is a really topical movie right now, um, because um, not a lot of people know this, but it um, 
it serves as the inspiration for the smash pop hit thank you next uh oh yeah by ariana grande yeah i just found that out last night actually yeah she so basically her entire career was inspired by this movie and so she decided to write a song uh it just paying homage to the film that you know started it all and i think that's i respect that a lot you know yeah also next a highly topical film because we're gonna talk about it next holy <laughs> shit boom wow that hold, if, hold on here is there uh is there a <laughs> is there an oscar for um best transition of all time because first of all we're gonna put podcasts in the oscars is <laughs> is the real goal here yeah podcasts really belong in the oscars the, the poskers um the podskers <laughs> the podskers the potties the pod racing oh shit yeah and then when we give out like the the big award at the end of the night we we get hayden christian wait did hayden christensen play the young anakin i don't know no well, it well, was we get, uh, regardless we get hayden christensen to come out there and he says now this is podcasting now this is podcasting can we get a can we clip that out and you reuse that we're gonna we're gonna reuse that yeah that i i don't want to say it again i'd have to charge yeah oh no i got you yep thank you thank you engineer dave i think uh let's let's get a little summary of our two films here next is about nicholas cage you know it i mean truly is uh (laughs) it's uh it's a biographical film but um um so it is biographical in the sense that um nicholas cage can see the future which is why he refuses to quit um and yeah it's it's about um a guy who's a magician by day and by night he's seeing his life two minutes in advance yeah so he's um he can see the future but there's restrictions Mm. he can't just fucking you know Find out the score of the frickin' uh, World Series hey, Super Bowl. I'm gonna stop you right there because I keep getting um, weird pops on uh, Mike's mic. Oh, fuck. No. I didn't get, know uh, that the Nerdist was doing this idea already. Uh, well, I mean, Chris Hardwick is canceled anyway, so I think it's fine. Oh, yeah, he did, did a... I don't remember what he did. I, I don't care. I never it's, cared about him in the first place, really. It's, <laughs> it's hard to keep track of uh, assholes that you already don't care about, so... yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> do I have time to take a big shit? Uh, yeah, I think you do if you need to. Uh, no, I was just... What? What? Whoa. What? Yeah, we're recording, by the way. Oh, oh okay. Well, so uh, it is Nerdist. <laughs> Welcome to Nerdist Podcast. Uh, All right. I'm yeah. Kumail Nanjiani. And my... I'm Chris Harddick. Oh um, shit! He went there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Speaking of boners, uh, Nicolas I, Cage. Yeah, like he made a couple of boners with these movies. I think maybe. I, well, he certainly had a boner to Jessica Biel. Yeah. I, well, I was uh, uh, referring specifically to the scene where um, they're standing in the kitchen. Uh, he's shirtless, and they they they're just having a normal conversation. But they pan down, mm-hmm. and you see 
Nicholas Cage's like, hard cock. It's like um, 15 inches of <laughs> It's crazy. It's yeah. I didn't know a person could have a dick that big. Honestly, but. I uh there's a rumor uh that he um bought a dinosaur bone um and had uh, it uh put in his wiener. So I think I think uh it's like it was the opposite of uh Marilyn Manson removing his uh ribs so he could suck his own dick. It was like oh. he put bones in ah. so he could suck his own dick. And I, I see. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he just put him in a different spot. Yeah. This, this is clever. I mean, like I would rather rather than have a rib get removed because you don't know what that rib does. It right. maybe it's like you that know, could be the entire structural integrity of your torso. Yeah. Like maybe it does something crazy with your immune system. Dude, right. So, what does science know. know? Science doesn't even know that vaccines cause autism. Not yet. They're, yeah. they're working. They're getting closer. Yeah. They're, they're getting, getting closer, closer to understanding it. But I mean, I mean, if, what, if you're missing way, a rib, there's, there's nothing preventing, uh, like just something from entering your chest cavity, like skin, not going to stop it. Exactly. The only reason you're not walking around with shit just flying into your chest cavity. Mm. It's got the rib cage. Exactly. It's kind of cage. Like... Nick cage. Did it. Damn. I did it. Damn. So, um, <laughs> um with that, that, I mean, that was quite the transition, but quite um, the transition. Uh, yeah. N- Nicholas cage, uh, got his name from, uh, having a love of rib cages. So, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and with that, we got the name of this podcast from having a love of, Nick Cage's and the idea of fighting. Therefore, I don't know. This is this is a poorly panned out joke. But anyways, next. Yeah, I mean, if if you could think of one word that sums up that entire movie, what would it be? Next. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, next. He's already looking ahead at the next thing he's going to do. I mean, like, could you imagine this man at auditions? Like if, if he was like a coach for auditions like he could already dismiss people off the stage without even having to sit through the fucking audition like right. that's a serious time saver they could walk out and he could be like okay you're good next yeah exactly that's i think like his real calling was that i don't know what he was doing with this whole like magician shit and like so, trying yeah, to stop I, a nuclear bomb and yeah okay, let's 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 go over uh what next is about since we discussed it without oh, yeah. context well, how about you give a little short summary of what next is, and I'll take them them cocksbang. Uh, yes, you you will take the cocksbang, um, and um, just make sure to stop me and correct everything I say when I'm done. Um, so oh, okay, we have well, well, well we have do, they have they do we really have this? They have acquired um okay. Nicholas Cage as a sorry oh, no, you as a magician. Um, so he's a magician by day, mm-hmm. and by night he can tell what's going to happen. Uh, approximately two minutes from now, mm-hmm. um, and only at night. <laughs> now, see, during the day, the sun is too bright to be able to see the future. Yeah, um, it kind of like fucks with his brain. I mean, because I think. I think the part of his brain that sees the future is like related to his optic nerve. And when the sun is right. like up there taking up a, a lot of space in there, it kind of messes with his ability to see that. Right. I mean, if he wears um, like those uh, sunglasses with the, the shades in them. Um, you mean the flippy flop ones? Yeah. The, yeah. He can, he can see wearing like, your feet around a pool. <laughs> yeah. He can see like 45 seconds in the future if it's the daytime. Oh, yeah. Uh, you just got to block that sun out. 
But anyways, Nicolas Cage sees <laughs> up to two minutes into the future, between 45 and seconds and two minutes into the future, and uh, he's, uh, he's in love with this lady who he can see more than that in, into his future if yes. she's there. She, she represents the, uh, the furthest into the future that he can see, because mm-hmm. that's the power of true love. Um, and uh, also, the government's all like, Ugh, we're the big old bad government. We want to take the cage away and make him stop bombs from exploding yeah, and killing people. How come you're, uh, you're depriving the, uh, the fucking feds of this power, brother? Exactly. It, Hulk Hogan was in the movie. Uh, yeah, Hulk Hogan was, uh, Nicolas Cage was Hulk Hogan uh, in yeah. a mask. So. Actually, Nicolas Cage, I believe, was playing Julianne Moore, playing her character. And he did a really good job because, oh, I mean, yeah. I didn't even realize he was playing julianne moore until like halfway through the movie yeah when, when uh that's was, only because like part of his mustache showed yeah there's there's a few flubs mm-hmm. there's definitely a few flubs in this one um but, but um moving on from next to our next film uh cock bang jurodang um yeah. bang cock dangerous give we'll get a little short summary of this uh nicholas cage is an assassin and he's in Bangkok and he's got four people to kill there. And, uh, also he's looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh yeah. Or was it the right ones? It wasn't. I don't, I don't think it was. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I mean, if you, if finding love, uh, is, is enacted by you just like walking into a Walgreens and staring at somebody until they notice you, then yeah, that's, that's I mean, is that not the way to find love? Because I, I think I've been doing this wrong the whole time. Then I, I usually go for like a CVS. Um, oh, it's just a little bit nicer. Well, see, I went into this Walgreens for a while and there was this lady stocking chips in the aisle and I just, you know, stared at her for a good 45 minutes. And then um, then I got hauled away by the police because I wouldn't talk. And, you know. But you're married now. So. Yeah, exactly. Married to the game. Married to the game. And uh, the woman in that Walgreens was the rapper, the game. So, wow, we're good at this. We're really good, <laughs> yeah. we're really good at this. We're I, fucking A plus. I fucking hate myself. Uh, hey, I've been hating <laughs> myself and you for years. So, like, it's only fair that the world knows now. But, um, so, going into this, I hadn't seen either Bangkok Dangerous or Next. My... Only knowledge of Bangkok Dangerous came from back in like 2008 when that movie came out. I think there were still blockbusters around, and I remember seeing a million copies of it on the wall of a blockbuster. And I, they actually uh, they rebranded Blockbuster for the release of that. It was a uh, Bangkok Buster. Oh, Bangkok Buster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that, and it didn't do that well. Unfortunately, I. I mean, it obviously, it didn't save Blockbuster. But. Yeah. I just remember, I swear, I remember seeing the poster for this movie a million times and like a million copies of it on a wall. And then, you know, I didn't have Netflix yet. I didn't have the luxuries that our modern society offers. I was still, you know, out back hand making tools so I could like cook my gruel. It's amazing how much can change in 11 years. But um, yeah, I just remember the wall being filled with copies of this movie that were not being rented out. Uh, Yeah, those... Um, Nobody was touching those. And uh, next is a movie that I kind of thought I remembered. 
but I didn't. I, I, no, definitely I started watching it and then I was like, oh, this is not at all what I was thinking of. I have no idea what I was thinking of. I mean, uh, if you told me that Nicolas Cage was a magician in every movie that he's in, I would probably believe it. Yeah. Why wasn't he in uh, Now You See Me? That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a good calling for him because because it's it's a movie how come he's not in it exactly know? i mean that's his thing just be in all the movies hey nick cage 82 uh, of them at least to date get a new fucking agent brother <laughs> but um all right we might as well i guess just jump right on into this we're gonna start with next because here's a little secret for for the listener at home we just watched it we are on the tail of next exactly this um, is the next after next thank you this is the next. next thing that we're doing after watching next uh exactly and it's my favorite movie um i it's certainly my favorite movie i've seen today yeah it's it's up there top 10 for sure okay. let's get into this all right so next how do you watch other movies after you've seen next you know I I don't know. I guess you just yell next. Or if you learn enough from the film, you know how to see two minutes into the future and know whether or not you're going to like that movie based off the two minutes before you watch it. Right. Because uh, there's a big chunk of the movie where um, Nicolas Cage's character does instruct the viewer on how to see two minutes into the future. Yeah, actually, um, it, it cuts about halfway through and he yeah. gives instructions on it. I. I was on my phone at that part. I mean, I feel like I should go back and watch it, but I got, you know, 80 other Nicolas Cage movies to watch before I go back and rewatch that one. So yeah, and I can see two oh. minutes from now, and I don't see you doing it. So. <laughs> well, um, next, it came out in 2007. little fun fact for the viewer. 2007, back in a time where, you know, it was before the financial crisis, middle America was, you know, we were doing solid. The housing bubble was growing, but we didn't know it was a bubble. Everyone was, was rich. It was there. Everyone was rich. George W. Bush was our president. And um, the Iraq War had raged for four years. The war in Afghanistan had raged for for only six years. Wow. Um, uh, what a time. What Barack a time. Obama was beginning to consider running for presidency. <laughs> um, Hillary Clinton probably was, too, for, for her first run. Um, John McCain was sitting there going, I'm a maverick. I... I play for dallas he and kept uh john mccain would uh he would get up and look in the mirror and say i'm still alive currently um which is exactly what, which is what he would do and like it was a really big motivator for him but you know and then also i don't know i don't remember a whole lot of that year i was 12 i think i don't know wait hold on i don't even know my own age i don't i don't know i was 13 either of our age <laughs> anyways moving on from such a glorious year we got a director, Lee Tamahori, known for directing such films as, as Go. You know all this, don't you? Uh, he directed such He's films a big Tamahori fan. As, and I'm uh, looking two minutes into the future, uh, Quiet Earth, uh, Came a Hot Friday, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, the film that everybody knows. Oh, and uh, Die Another Day also. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, along came a spider and die another day. But I feel like this was uh, almost a sequel to die another day because um, I mean, it is called next. This is right. the next thing. He's right. Doing. And 
you know, if five I years later. Call correctly in Die Another Day, uh, Pierce Brosnan could see two minutes into Halle Berry's future. Exactly. And he was all like, hey, I'm going to get her drunk on martinis and sleep with her. I think, hey, two minutes from now, I'll already be done what? fucking you. Exactly. But you know what? James Bond canceled. Canceled. Yeah. Canceled. I mean, look at all that shit. There's, there's uh, just too much evidence uh, out there, and it's on film, so. Well, um, production companies for uh, Next were, well, we got Revolution Studios Initial Entertainment Group, who do the first entertaining part of the movie. That's generally what they handle with Initial the Entertainment good, They group. do the good part. Mm-hmm. Virtual Studios, I believe, does all the CGI. Um, and in this movie, they did about a 50-50 job on good and bad. But... It, was, it was very back and forth, yeah. And then uh, Saturn Films, which Cage owns, had a hand in the production. And, uh, well, the movie's about 96 minutes long, which is, uh, I mean, not bad. That's a pretty average film. It's not too long that it overstays its welcome. It's not too short that it disappoints. It's uh, it's 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 your standard film fare. Yeah, and if it was like a minute longer, I I might have given up on it. I don't know. If it was two minutes longer, Cage wouldn't have been able to know. You know. He would have uh, he would have been able to see the credits scrolling up in it, reverse uh, in the backwards uh, direction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which did trim me up for a minute there. But I mean, movie... we did drop acid before this, so yeah, that's, maybe that's why we're uh, we sound so great right now <laughs> uh this film had a budget of 70 million dollars which is a large amount of money by most human being standards and but and actually at that time i think that was a pretty big budget but nowadays we're seeing like most big budget movies are at least 100 million if not more which yeah, is getting like, freaking like, ridiculous 70 million nowadays is just like you can get one transformer in the movie. yeah that's it and then uh, at the box office, it made $76.1 million, so made a total of $6 million uh, at the box office. So Pocket change. Not exactly the biggest blockbuster. That went to Bangkok Dangerous, which was all over blockbuster. <laughs> that, that won the Oscar for uh, biggest blockbuster. Exactly. <laughs> they constructed a whole uh, blockbuster in Bangkok. But... um. The film made $18.2 million in the U.S., so the large majority of this film, 50, what, $58 million, was made overseas. People at home here not hankering to see the cage man see the future. We, we just, we don't respect the cage man enough in his own country, which is a problem. It really is. He's a... Uh, He's not getting the recognition he deserves. It's, it's it's this American education system, not informing the youth. Yeah, I know. Like, well, I went through high school. Not once did they tell me anything about Nicolas Cage. I went through public high school. I mean, that's that's a public health epi- epidemic right there. That's. I mean, they're I'm telling us that right that vaccinations are good. They're not telling us about Nicolas Cage. They're not telling us about you know. Who knows what they're not telling us about? Uh, literally, you know, I don't. I mean, I, shit. I literally don't know anything because of they just tried to, you know, teach me that climate change was real. But um, moving on from that obvious uh, lie. <laughs> Thank you. 
reviews for this film. Now, I got some Rotten Tomatoes scores here and some Metacritic scores. On Rotten Tomatoes, we got a 28% from Next on the tomato meter. So, not so hot when we're judging it based off of how critics viewed this film. But audience scores give it a 53%. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm personally a man of the people. Oh, yeah. I'm um, all about that audience score. It's, uh... And that, I mean, 53%, that's... I mean... Sounds about average, right? So, Metacritic gives it 42 out of 100 based on 23 critical reviews. Again, a lot better than the Rotten Tomato score. And uh, Metacritic's user reviews is a 6.1 out of 10. Not really sure why Metacritic decides to rank critic scores on a scale of 0 to 100 and user scores on a scale of 0 to 10, but... You can't trust the, the viewer. It's uh, true. They're not trained professionals. Yeah, they, they lose a decimal uh, place because of um, because they're just not professional enough. You have to go and get your degree before you get an extra fucking, you know, whole digit slot. I mean, right. It's like uh, you can't get verified on Twitter by just being a guy who watches movies. You know, you got to be a learned professional. Yeah. First, you got to be a guy on Twitter who watches movies who then makes a podcast about Nicolas Cage and then gets verified. Jack, verify me. Wait, he's it's Jack, right? I'm not fucking this up. Uh, Tom. Tom. Oh, from the guy from MySpace? He did Twitter also? Uh, oh, Notch. Oh, Notch. Oh, oh, yeah. I forgot it was Notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Notch. But um, that's all of the general information. But um, uh, we, we did watch this movie, right? For sure? We watched this movie? I, I think so. <laughs> I can't really be sure. I mean, the acid's kicking in pretty freaking hard right now, and I'm not really sure I was even born. But uh, this was based on the Philip K. Dick story, The Golden Man, written in 1954. It's a short story, and uh, I haven't read it. Um, I I haven't either. Um, All I can really say about it is um, Philip K. Dick? That's a funny name. What are you, a pee-pee? <laughs> are you a big pee-pee? Uh, you know, I bet his fans, people who are really into him, bet they're called dickheads. Oh my god. They should. I mean, as if somebody with the name pee-pee would have fans. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Hmm. And uh, this film was filmed mostly on location, it seems, in a variety of spots in California. Like a whole boatload of California spots. And... um also a few in Arizona and in Las Vegas in Nevada. So I uh I especially um liked the scene where they were leaving Las Vegas. A Yeah, I think uh that whole scene was actually a summary of that film. Yeah, it was it, I mean they were each cage film pays homage to another cage film. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of like the it's basically the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but with cage yeah they got little like hints and yeah tons of easter eggs like we have to we had to watch this like three mm-hmm. times just to really catch everything. oh yeah i missed the after credits bit on this one yeah i think it was uh nicholas cage and uh, it was uh it was fucking the infinity con <laughs> oh damn oh uh his wife has a cameo in this film ah yes as uh in one of the early scenes he's doing a little magic demonstration on stage where he predicts successfully because he's got this whole two minute thing going on that this lady's necklace is going to come loose and fall on her drink it does and also 
that was his wife. So I bet she was in on it. Yeah. And you can see him kind of like give her a look like um, we're working right now, but like later on, uh, you'll be my wife again. Yeah, exactly. He's like, well, not right now. Hun. Right now we're like, you know, we're in character right now, sweetie. Exactly. So I'm going to go hit on that, you know, the lady at the craft services table. And uh, I stay in character between scenes. So, like, you're just going to have to deal with that. And when right. we get home, then we can deal with this. Also, Cage's jacket that he wears in this, which is a beautiful golden brown type number color. In fact, I was distracted by a significant portion of the film because I was like, damn, I want that jacket, actually. It's a pretty cool jacket. It's kind of a golden color, and it's a nod to the golden man. The fact that this film was based on that story, I guess. Well, story not a nod to the fact. But. Phil Pippi. Yeah, by Philly, Philly Pippi. Um, uh, and yeah, he, he wears two total outfits in this movie. He's got his, uh, he's, he starts out in the magician tux. Mm -hmm. Eventually he changes into this golden man jacket and a gray t-shirt. Are we going into the cage styling bit? Mm-hmm. Are we? Th th uh, I think th this is where we're at here. This is where we're at here. All right. So for the first scene of the movie, Cage is decked out in this beautiful little tuxedo. A lot of the ruffles on the front. I don't know what you call those. The big old ruffle things. I think they're called uh, magician folds. Yeah. Yeah, magician folds, I think. That's where you uh, generally a magician hides the pigeons and the rabbit right. that's in the hat. It's all it's mirrors. not actually in the hat. There's like it's little, in the folds. Right. There's like mirrors between the folds. Yeah, that kind of obscure the stuff. And then he's wearing that. He goes into a bathroom, takes off his white shirt, and has a black t-shirt underneath, which confused <laughs> me, but it's a thing he can do. It's, I mean, he's Cage. He can do what he wants. And, uh, oh, he rocked it well when he wore it with his straw hat that he left out of there. Oh, and yeah, he fucking... See, here's the thing. I, I support everything uh, Nick Cage does in this movie, but there are several uh, crimes uh, that he commits where there's a there's a clear victim and th that is most prominent when he steals a poor old man's hat exactly while he's like taking a piss or the something. guy's sitting there like you know washing his face like probably trying to wipe away the tears that he's in a casino and just bet his entire life savings that he's supposed to live off of he's right. just sitting there like trying to hide the fact that he's crying by splashing water on his face and cage just fucking merciful mercilessly comes up and he grabs that hat and he puts it on and he leaves the man shows no remorse absolutely none he's a, a sociopath mm -hmm. but yeah and then then after that he changes into his general movie outfit where he's got his nice little golden jacket on a gray t-shirt and some jeans it's, and it's a pretty basic outfit never changes again except to take it off and you know show that big old buff chest thing that oh, is yeah. going he, on i guess he worked out for this film he does but take I'm, it off uh, when they do sex. Oh, yeah, when they have the sex. Dude, wait, I don't know if I'm, I'm not comfortable talking about that part yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. We, we were good. I'm just, I, I can't think anymore. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about all that sex. <laughs> the fucking sex. The implied sex. It's it was delicious. All the implied sex. It was like one scene they're kissing, the next scene they're naked in a bed, waking up together. You don't see anything, but you know, you know what happened. Yeah, as as a sharp eyed viewer, you know that they did banging. They did the bang bang. And um well yeah, that's that's all I got here for little ficky facts, so why don't we go on into a plot summary? 
Right, right, and right. speed on right up to that sexy part. Oh yeah. So after uh, after Nick Cage, uh, you know, leaves his uh, his IRL wife at the old magic show, he hits up the. Uh, I was gonna say blackjack table, but I have I don't know if that's what he was playing. I'm pretty sure it was blackjack. Yeah. Um. And of course, at this point, we don't know yet that he can see two minutes into the future. This is kind of when they're unpacking it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see uh, Julianne Moore um, and her cronies, mm-hmm. um, and they're watching him real close. They know Big something's up. government spying on you, just yeah. like they really do. Just so. like they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure they so here. they, they apparently have uh, known about this guy, and uh, they have sussed out the fact that he can see into the future. I don't know how you go about doing that. Yeah, it's, um, they just they just know. I mean, if anybody in my life can see specifically two minutes into the future, I am not keen to it at all. I, I I've got some suspicions. <laughs> like, I I think I think I know one or two people, maybe. But he's, he's looking at me like he knows. He doesn't know shit. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, something is going to happen in two minutes. It, something certainly will. Well, I'm not pointing any fingers. Um. And, uh, okay, so uh, they are uh, sussing him out. He looks directly at the camera that they're watching him through, and they're like, oh, fuck, he can hear us. Because, naturally, of course he can hear you. I mean, he can hear everything. That's really the only logical conclusion when someone looks into a camera and you're talking about them is that he can hear you. I mean, what else would you think? Um, Yeah. And so, knowing what he knows... That he has been, uh, you know, figured out. Um, he he leaves the blackjack table, and he stops a robbery in progress, which, um, you know, you gotta do. He he gets a little premonitiony, a little premonitiony, not totally okay, right? <laughs> but not, he's not enough this... to like stop this guy before he pulls out a gun on the poor teller lady. Mm-hmm. Um, he well, lets, actually, I think he literally did do that. He stopped him beforehand. Oh, did he? Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, they. There are a lot of cuts in this movie where they'll show his premonition of the future as if it's happening, and then jump back to uh, to him just saying like, "Nope." He's like, "Oh shit, that's happening." Not and then, gonna let that one yeah, play out. So he sees this guy shoot two people and then run away, and then he's like, "No, no, no, no." You and your fucking powder blue suit are going down. So he like punches a guy up, like grabs that gun, and, like go. <laughs> and they they grab that fucking. He grabs the fucking gun, which of course is when the feds catch up with him. Exactly. And they see this deranged, sweaty man with a massive forehead holding which a gun. I do want to say actually, that was a look. He's like all drunk. His hair is all ruffled up. He's smoking cigarettes, walking around. He's oh, yeah. like he's. he's suit is like wrinkly looking and kind of stained it's a look. I mean, damn it's it's a look and when he's escaping uh the the casino he the way he ducks the security is uh like putting his head down to light a cigarette or mm. pretending to blow his nose real clever stuff <laughs> um and it works as we discussed he he takes that guy's hat and he is outski um out, skeet, skeet, motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah! <laughs> there we go. He leaves the casino. 
which is when we get into our uh, first car chase. And um, in case the uh, the viewer has forgotten at this point that he can see two minutes into the future, mm-hmm. they uh, they splatter him with a train. He's exactly. fucking destroy him with some of the worst CGI I have seen in quite some time. It was real bad. I don't know. I I can't speak to what it looked like at the time because it's been a while since I've you know watched a bunch of 2008 movies back to back. But it did not look good. Yeah, 2007. Friend. Oh, sorry. Don't forget it. Because this was before hope and change. This was this was this was this was before we needed hope and change because of that financial crisis. This right. was this is we were still rich at this point. Exactly. Um, it's been about three and a half minutes since I said that shit. I was gonna rickroll you guys so hard. Sorry, just do, keep going. <laughs> All um, right. So yeah, missed opportunity of he, the rickroll. He gets splattered by the train. He's able to correct it because he can, uh, you know. I'm pretty sure he can. Is it, he can see into the future? Did we talk about that? I, yeah, he can always see where future is. Like right, and he's usually he's just got like premonitions of you know this dude drinking lean, oh, like yeah. talking in threes and just kind of wandering around. I mean, I assume that's how future talks, right? He just goes around. Hey, how's it going, my man? Uh, just triple it, triple it, triple it. <laughs> um. So. Um, I, I can't remember if, uh, there's a, there's a voiceover at this part, but we, we learn, um, that he, the furthest he can see into the future is, uh, with a lady. Mm -hmm. There's a lady out there that he knows is going to be his lady. And she is unbelievable. Oh shit. Uh And yeah, that's correct. She is played by Jessica Biel. Mm Mm-hmm. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, man, that pun was spot on. Then. Accidental pun, and let me tell you something. So good. <laughs> um, so he... Uh, I don't know what the transition to this is, but he, he's, uh, he goes into this diner. Um, and we see uh, good old Jay Beals mm-hmm. um, sitting at a table, and he, he does the thing where he just stares at her. Yeah, and, uh, she she walks. Which will in. be a common theme as we'll see going on to when we get into the next film. Oh uh, yeah, the cage uh, seduction style is a deep stare with maybe a smile, maybe some confusion, maybe some like worry. I don't know what's going on. I couldn't really place the emotions in this one. I assume when I get through the next eighty movies, I'll be able to get a really good read on Cage's emotions just by looking at his face. But yeah, but, but in this so instant, far, he gave her a good like minute and a half stare down. She walked past him, and he turned to continue staring at her. Just didn't blink the entire fucking time. It <laughs> was fucking deadlocked with the eyes. It was, it was unnerving. And I'm not even in the film, you know. Like, right. And I, I, I know that uh, if I was in her position, I wouldn't know that. Like, oh, that's Nicolas Cage. Exactly. Uh, so I feel like from uh, her perspective, she walks into a diner. And there's just an insane man fucking <laughs> staring at her. Um, and so he he plays out. They get into kind of like a weird, almost rom-com kind of thing here mm-hmm. where he uh, like keeps approaching her uh, with different uh, icebreakers, uh, including uh, my favorite one. This is my, OK. You ready yeah. for this? Yeah. He says, uh, what's what's the deal with the coffee here? They use a, what's what's the what's with the bean they use? 
And she <laughs> rightfully looks at him and uh, says, basically, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Uh, how the fuck should I know? I haven't even gotten coffee yet. I just sat down. I just sat down and a fucking walking forehead came at me and said, what's with the bean here? It, I just it was weird. Um, and so he does a few of those, uh, including. You know, I think that would be a better icebreaker in Chicago. Oh, what's what's with this right. bean? Yeah, exactly. There, Boston. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, uh, because uh, in Boston, there's that like really big clit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everyone who walks up and like flicks it. Yeah. But I mean, when I went to Boston for the first time, which was uh, half past never, uh, I was really confused by that. Oh, yeah. It's it's a bad state. Mm. I mean, not like the state of Massachusetts, like Boston isn't a bad state. Mm. Uh I guess that does mean Massachusetts. <laughs> Which does mean Massachusetts. Uh, yeah. I mean they got like the Celtics and shit and gross. Let's 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 not send me into a rage. I'm not ready. Yeah. Bucks um, in six. Bucks in six. Uh so he yeah, he runs through his pickup lines, including one where he just like gets up and starts walking toward her and she's like, Don't even think about it, mister. Yeah, that was that was a weird one. I don't know how he managed to dodge that one because like it was like he was just getting up from his seat and she was like, nope, stay right there. Which is like, what the reaction should have been as soon as she walked in and saw this man staring at her. Yeah. But honestly, if I walked in and I saw a guy staring at me like that, I'd probably turn around and walk right out unless I saw it was Nicolas Cage, which I mean, she couldn't have known it was Nicolas Cage because he wasn't even Nicolas Cage. He was like Chris Johnson or something. Yeah. Or Cadillac Frank. Frank, Frank Cad Cadillac. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great magician name. Exactly. Um, and so her, uh, we find out that she's meeting someone, which we find out is her, like, stalker ex. Mm -hmm. um, he comes in and he, uh, without flinching, says, yeah, I've been uh, fucking following you around. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You know how long it took me to find you? I've been stalking you for days. And I, <laughs> it took me this long to catch you. I've gone to every place that I know that you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, you weren't there. So uh, that's weird. Uh, and so Nicolas Cage puts it upon himself to uh, interject. Yeah, get a little breakup. Like, hey, is this guy bothering you? Right. You need me to take care of this, sweetheart? Yeah. I'll, and, I'll punch his fucking lights out. And I don't tries. know what this accent is I'm doing. It's like somewhere between like New York, Italian, and Australian. But <laughs> I, I'm loving it. Um, well, whoa, that's trademarked. I don't think we can use that. Can we, can we take that out, too? We're, we're going to have um, to cut that, but move on. Um, so he the, the first time he approaches... Um, the old Billy and her boyfriend. Um, this guy goes into a blind rage and uh, attempts to beat the shit out of Nicolas Cage. Um, but here's the caveat. He knows what's going to happen. He can duck, dip, dive and dodge oh, yeah. and dodge again because I forgot to put that at the start. But he's, I mean, he thinks that he's going to be like. This baller ass motherfucker that's like blocking every punch and she's just going to melt for it. Mm -hmm. But um, at the end of it all, she's not interested. Nope. She likes a bit more of a sensitive guy, which um, you can call me if you would like, Mrs. Beale. Um, uh -huh. And so he decides to go back and just take a punch straight to the fucking face from this guy. Um, and then just fall to the floor. 
Right. So she can white knight him and be like, oh, sweetie, let me help you. Um, And it works. And he's like, oh, I'll let you help me. I can see exactly how you can help me. Two minutes ahead. I know. uh, Well, more with you, but. uh, I can see. If I could see two and a half minutes in the future, then I could see um, me washing up after I'm done in 40 seconds. Exactly. Um, So in uh, in one swoop, they have like a conversation. And next thing you know, they're in a fucking car driving into the desert together. Yeah, I was like writing something down or like sending a text or something with. I don't know how he managed to convince her to start driving with him, but like next thing I looked up, they they were just in a car together driving. She, this is this is what she used as a qualifier. She said, "You are not a psycho?" Question mark. Right? Question mark okay. exclamation point. Oh, I do remember that. Like first time I see of of psychoness from you, you're getting kicked out. Which right. It's setting the bar pretty low. So call right. me Beely. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, but can you like I would pick up a stranger um like you got to give them the benefit of the doubt you got to put them in your car take them out to the desert mm-hmm. and then if they try anything weird then you fucking flip it around on them exactly you tell them to, to get the out neck. of the oh oh yeah that way <laughs> or that way yeah but yeah they they really waste no time uh going from uh i'm a stranger who you're stalker punched to uh road trip yeah Way out of Vegas, and I think to California. Yeah, they I, they like stop in Arizona, and oh yeah, they do stop in Arizona. Yeah, they stop at the Grand Canyon, the at Grand a Native American in, Canyon uh, reservation. I don't recall the tribe, but yeah, it was one of them. It was one of the one of those tribes. Um, and uh, this is when we learn uh, that Frank Cadillac is unfortunately not his real name, but we do learn the history of it. Oh, yeah. Possibly the best name choice of all time. Uh, apparently just slammed together two things he liked. His two favorite things. Oh, his two favorite things. I think. I, okay. <laughs> Which are uh, naturally Frankenstein mm-hmm. and, you guessed it, Cadillacs. And, um, I mean, like a, a normal top two favorite things, you know? Mm-hmm. I think mine would be like beer and butts uh so like my magician name would be beer butt uh yeah i mean that's a good choice i think mine would probably be you know beans um bmw i mean that kind of sounds like a rap (laughs) beanie bmw (laughs) (laughs) sounds like someone from like 2006 making a ringtone rap song it's a beanie siegel uh in his new bmw and so we get this. Uh, I don't want to even want to call it a reveal that that's not his real name because it's really like okay. Uh, I'm sure that I don't your last to, name is fucking Cadillac. I don't have to believe that this guy's real name is fucking Frank Cadillac. <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, so they they end up uh, in a cabin where they, as we mentioned before, they take off the golden jacket. And they fucking throw down. I'm talking implied penetration. All sorts of implied sex. I oh, mean, yeah. like, I the implications are nuts. I mean, they just laid. I can only assume that they did it every which way, but 
but nothing. Innocent minds might be able to uh, assume that they were just cuddling or whatever, but his chest is glistening with just the steam of sex. Yeah, that man was, I mean, he got some ripped pectorals going on. He's all like, you know. He's got just the right amount of chest hair. Yeah. His skin is shining from like the sweat glistening off of him from being in this hot Arizona desert. And they just get it. They get it on. And I don't really know exactly how he managed to convince her to sleep with him. I mean, I guess like he can see two minutes in the future and he can be like, oh, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. This, that, blah. Yeah. Which uh, is a little rapey. A little uh, rapey. It's, it's, it is a little weird um, because uh, nothing about this feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they try to kind of uh, put this uh, relationship into like hyperspeed like yeah they really jump at this at like fucking 70 miles an hour just like flying right into this thing because by the next scene she's all like i don't want you to go i don't want you to die and like blah blah blah. i want you to stay here with me stay in bed and i'm just a little bit like this seems like a crazy amount of attachment for two people who've known each other for all of 48 hours yeah it seemed uh you can definitely tell uh and i don't know this for sure even but it feels like a man wrote this uh because he gave her the dick once and she was like oh my god please never you leave complete me. right uh so it does feel like a some kind of weird male fantasy um, yeah but hey, I'm not here to argue with true love. Uh, if the yeah, who knows? Fucking, maybe maybe they really found it. They were they, this was where they both needed to be, and they're both ready for everything. Well, I mean, obviously he was. He'd been waiting for this for. I have no idea how long he's been having premonitions of this lady for, but apparently a long time. And yeah, he 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 has known of her, and uh, you know, he's actually not that much different from her stalker. He's kind of been yeah. He's been like, stalking her in a completely different way. Never and, even saw her, but he's been stalking her. <laughs> like, I don't know what's worse. Uh, you know, someone who's following me around or someone who's like sitting on their couch and can see what the fuck I'm doing. It's it's honestly yeah. uh, she could do better. I feel like. <laughs> um, yeah. But as uh, Mr. Cage puts it, he is your f- uh, uh, her future. Yeah, I'm her future. <sighs> Punch what, me. A line that he puts in in every fight with that stalker man for some reason. Oh yeah, he can't not say it. Exactly. He just he know. has to walk up and say, "I'm your future," mm-hmm. and it works. Um, so, I mean, Cage is a rather seductive man. That forehead is just oof. And see, that's why you don't notice him staring at you is because his eyes are all the way down here. Exactly. His forehead is like a it's mile It's like away. three quarters of his face down. Yeah. It's just not as... You tend to look in the middle, which right. is right at that it, forehead. His eyes are not in the middle of his face. Yeah. Um, so, where are we at? Um, they're banging in a cabin, and um, eventually, Jessica Beale gets intercepted by those feds, mm-hmm. uh, Julianne Moore and such. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't remember any of the characters' actual names except Chris Johnson, Frank Cadillac Man. I don't remember any of the. I, I they're just I Julianne Moore and Jessica Biel, and then they ma- might have never even. They might not have names. I don't recall them ever saying it. But, yeah. Um, Jessica Biel gets intercepted by Julianne Moore, and basically they they tell the old Bealster that. Um, well, they try to convince her that Cage is like a psychopath dangerous man he's he's a 
He's a dangerous, dangerous man. He's got to be taken down a notch. Right. So, naturally, they um, tell Jessica Biel to roofie Nicolas Cage so they can uh, kidnap him mm-hmm. and uh, strap him to a chair. Yeah, she's got to get him to leave the room for more than two minutes and drop that pill into his OJ. Yeah. So he can not know that that had happened already and that he's going to get knocked out. It's it's a right. plan that doesn't seem to work exactly because I feel like he could see himself drinking the orange juice and pass out even if he didn't know the drugs were in it. Like, I I don't know how it was supposed to work exactly. But also, yeah. the, the FBI doesn't know, like, the full extent of his ability either. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they would just assume that he wasn't going to figure out um, that he was being drugged. I mean, he yeah. doesn't. She tells him. Yeah, she, she does. She like breaks down and is all like, I, well, I don't think she says I love you, but she's, it, I mean, she's like crying about how she doesn't want him to die or go away. And she, yeah. She as soon as him. he is about to like sip the orange juice, she's like, don't drink it. I drugged you. And he's like, thanks, babe, for telling me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then he, he does his proving thing that he can see the future by flipping through them TV channels. Oh, yeah. He flips through the TV channels and he knows what's going to be on the next channel. Hmm. Um, Including Dr. Strangelove. Fun fact. Dr. Strangelove, which um, I haven't seen, but according to IMDb, has something to do with like a nuclear something. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it actually, whoa, I didn't even put that together. I was just sitting there being like, I like that movie, funny movie. <laughs> but, so, yeah, so what we failed to mention is that uh, Nicolas Cage has been approached by the FBI, and they want him to uh, use his power. Well, he hasn't been approached. He's seen that he would be approached and oh, then right. dodged that shit. Oh, right, right. That conversation didn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows that they want to use his power to um, suss out where this uh, this weapon of mass destruction is about to go off. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he escapes. He devises some quick escape plan um, when she tries to drug him. And uh, uh, he writes a note with like some instructions on what her, for her to do. And he's like, at 917... I need uh I need you to wait 45 seconds and then do what this says and then he's uh she's all like okay and then apparently sure yeah it involves like laying a brick on the the pedal of a truck and then letting it go down a hill and like there's a bunch of explosiony shit and the CGI flips back and forth between good and bad and yeah like, this, this like is looking a very... like a PlayStation 1 game and looking like uh like mildly believable and yeah, it was a, it was an intense sequence. Um, there's like this whole thing where the yeah the truck goes down the hill. There's like logs rolling down this hill, and then he runs into Julianne Moore, and she's like, "Are you just gonna let me die?" And then he's like, "Nah, bitch, that's I I that's not what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the right moment." And then they like almost get crushed by a log, but not quite. Mm-hmm. He manages um, to. To do it just in time. Right. Saves her. And then she's like, ah, but no good deed goes unpunished. Bitch, I'm taking you in. And so this is where we have him strapped into a chair. In that clockwork orange eye-opening device, which I feel like there's a whole lot of Kubrick reference going on in this little bit of time here. Yeah. Definitely some clockwork orange shit going on here. <laughs> and uh, 
They force him to watch uh, the news until he uh, can figure out where the fuck this this bomb is going to go off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, instead of which I got to say, like, they think he can only see two minutes in the future, which he can only see two minutes in the future unless Jessica Biel is involved and then he can see further in the future. How are they going to have people positioned everywhere in the city to be able to get into a spot where they can disarm a nuke within two minutes? Right. It's like, in, I, it, insane. It, this whole plan seems really freaking dumb. But I don't know. And he he tells them flat out, like, you know, I can't fucking see shit anyway unless it involves me, right? And so they're like, uh, okay, well then, uh, what if, what if we uh, make you watch the news? We're gonna make you watch the news, and uh, he finds out that the uh, the terrorists who have armed this weapon, who are also simultaneously trying to track down Nicolas Cage. So it's like the feds racing the terrorists who are like one's trying to intercept him to use his power. One's trying to kill him so they can, you know, do their terror stuff. Yeah. So they can blow things up like you do. Like you do. It's a group of Russian terrorists that speak Serbian and uh, French French and a bunch of weird shit and just want to nuke L.A. for some reason. They're the Frenchest Russian dudes I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, what he ends up seeing is that uh, Jessica Beale's being used as a pawn. She's like strapped to a wheelchair with like a bomb vest. Mm-hmm. And uh, he um, he breaks out of there because he's like, I got to save my girl. Yeah. Like, ha ha, bum me a smoke. Oh, wait, smoke gone with a snap of his fingers. And then he's all whipping and dapping. And yeah, because they don't want you to forget that he's a magician. Exactly. <laughs> um, so he uses his little Houdini tricks to uh, escape. Um, but then he, he tracks down the like the location where he saw her getting blown up. Mm. And she's not there yet. And so uh, Julianne Moore, who is meanwhile chasing him, uh, is like out of breath. And she's like, it's okay. She's not here yet. Oh, hold on. I think at this point I gotta say, uh, spoilers. I, oh, shit. I forget. I, spoilers for this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, never mind. Go on. <laughs> for everybody who didn't want the first half of the plot room. No, I don't care. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the spoiler is that um, Julianne Moore uh, is not much of an athlete, uh, apparently. And she's okay. super out of breath from just like running up an entire building. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, she's just like, we know where she is. We know who has her and we know what they're going to do. If you go out there, they're going to kill you. But like, we'll figure this out. We got this shit. We got this shit cage, bro. And they do a chest bump and you know, they're all pumped up and they go and they go at it. They do it. They go to rescue her. mm -hmm. They, they use cage as, um, like, the the scene where they're they're going to the like bad guy base, the FBI and Nicolas Cage, it feels a lot like um, you know, one of those uh, shows where like the cops got a psychic, and they're mm. like point us to where we have to go. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's pretty much standing there like, hey, shoot that guy over there. He's like hiding in that thing, and then they're like, right. And, and he's then, like, I don't see him. And then he's like, then Julianne Moore is like, bitch, like give me that. Where do I shoot? Okay, shoots dead man bam and then we get that great scene where there's like 
10 different Nicolas Cages. Oh, yeah. That, the, uh, that was wonderful, actually. There, there were a lot more than Nicolas Cage. He's, like, investigating a variety of futures, and it's just, like, you, one Nicolas Cage turns into three Nicolas Cages, and each of those turns into three Nicolas Cages as he walks down four or five different paths, paths of the catwalk. <laughs> and, uh... Which this whole thing is in some factory with a catwalk. I don't. I don't know where. Yeah, understand and, uh, it really. But you know, it's just some dangerous place. Uh, probably wherever uh, Terminator Two ended. Um, oh yeah. And uh, so, what happens next is a bit confusing um, to me, at least, because so we get him um, approaching one of the terrorists who is like holding Jessica Biel captive, and he's like, he's progressing forward uh and like the multiples of him are getting shot mm -hmm. which he sees like 45 futures where in 44 of them he's getting shot and dies right but it, it seems to in like imply that the guy can see all of the nicholas cages because he's just kind of unloading no yeah i don't know yeah, it was shot weird. I think they were just like showing that in one of those futures, he took all those shots and they all missed. But yeah, but, but in the other futures, he dies at a different shot in right. one of them. But it, it, in in the execution, it just kind of looked like this guy's unloading at like forty Nicholas cages. <laughs> it's true. Um, so it was a little confusing. Um, but I think is this where the the twist happens? A little bit after that, yeah. They save the Beals. They, they, right, they save the Beals. Yeah, they take off her bomb vest and they disarm it. And then... um takes about 45 minutes to get the fucking bomb vest off. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh shit, I made a mistake. And then, boom, the city explodes in a nuke. The nuke destroys everything. Yep. They all die. Giant ships flying out of the water. People murdered. CGI bad like it even destroyed the CGI yeah I, I, they even the computers were affected by this explosion mm. and um so this is where we get the kind of uh the twist slash like it's like a dream sequence kind of twist which we discussed uh you know we 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 kind of expected them to pull something like that yeah um due to how he could see further in the future if Beal was involved mm -hmm. but I did not see the extent of this coming where like it cuts all the way back to that night when they were getting the sex on when, yeah. when they went with the bangs. It's it just cuts straight back to them laying in bed together, glistening Nick Cage. None of any of this has happened. Mm hmm. He just saw all that shit about to happen because he can seal seal. <laughs> I think that's what we'll call him seeing in the future when Beale's there. It's sealing. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he he basically like blew a load and then saw the next day and a half. Yeah. Is is basically the the what happened? Which I've been there, but like never with that level of detail. Oh right, yeah. right. I mean, coming is a very uh very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's usually like a day, not more than that. And uh, I mean that's. That's pretty much it. They throw the twist at you. Oh, yeah. And then at the end, well, after the twist, he just gets up and he calls the oh, right. he's, FBI agent. He's like, they're preparing to try kidnap Beale to make him drug him. And he's just, before Beale's even up, he's just like, hey, I'll do this, but I got conditions. And then, like, 
bam, roll credits. Da, right. da, da. And of course, the condition is that she is not involved. Yeah, that she's not involved. Yeah. So, opinions on the film? Overall thoughts? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, I thought this wasn't a bad movie, necessarily. It, I mean, it had a couple of weird plot points and stuff like that, but nothing that was overly distracting. It was all, like, after the... Nothing that distracted me in the moment while I was watching the movie. It's all stuff that, like, afterwards I was thinking about it, and I'm like, eh, that seems like a bit of a plot hole. Yeah. Um, but, um... It it was pretty well done. The CGI not not that great. Cage wasn't really a big part of the action. He's more like the pointer man, where he's like, "Oh, action gonna happen there," and then they had people who were pretty good action stuntmen doing stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought it was okay. wasn't wasn't particularly good. wasn't particularly bad. But if I'd saw this in any other context, I probably would have been like, "Well." Uh, I don't regret seeing that, but I don't plan on seeing that again, necessarily, you know? Right. It, it wasn't, it was just kind of meh. It's, it's a very, uh, run of the mill action flick with mm-hmm. a slight twist to it. Um, an interesting premise. Yeah. It's, it's, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Is that all you got? <laughs> uh, final verdict. Didn't hate. True. Didn't hate okay it was okay yeah, it was it was a it was a fun time yeah it was it was a pretty fun time but um yeah that that's it it's, you know what it was, it was, it was, it was, it was all right it was, it was all right it was a good, good good time and uh with that i think we're done with next yeah and, i think we talked a, a lot about next mm-hmm. thank you next now on to the the thing that comes after next when you right. bang your cock. <laughs> but uh, first, I think we're going to take a little short break here. Use the bathroom, drink some water, and uh, be right back. We'll be back. Bang, jerdang. Big jerdang. cock. Dang, you dang. Oh. This is for the questions oh. that don't have an answer. The midnight something and the topless dancers. I, I don't know the words to that song. Get in the pit and try to love someone. Um. 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 Whoa. Sorry, I was just checking to see how much of me I could hear on mic, depending on how loud I got. Yeah, you clipped. Are we allowed to oh, yell? I'm sorry. Well, wait, are we recording? Yeah. Oh, you. shit. Okay. <laughs> Pussy ass bitch. All right. And we're back. And we have returned um, and we're refreshed and ready to go. I was, I was getting it a little a sleepy. Took a second to listen to Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. to get inspired. Yeah, we had to, we had to get... Back in the zone, so yeah. we got a little uh, POD going, and we thought we podcast POD cast. It's uh, only right, and we are the youth of the nation. And uh, I don't know if nation. we've mentioned this uh, yet, but we are a strictly Christian podcast. Yeah, it's true. I mean, strictly. I mean, I did talk about Nicolas Cage's boner a couple times, but that's just you know in the scope of like mm-hmm. 
you know, sometimes as a Christian, you have to have examples of what sin is in right. order to be a good Christian. So we were just trying to give examples there. But um, yeah, we got the Ten Commandments hung up on the wall over here. The courts tried to stop us, but they, and, uh, they couldn't do it. <laughs> we're going to carve them into our we were chest. a Christian nation. Oh, yeah. Strictly. But, so uh, uh, what's next on the docket? What what other movie did we do? Uh, Bangkok Danger. Ah, uh, yes, the Bangkok. This, one, this one's rated R, so adults only here. The last put, one was PG thirteen, right? Yep, little uh, a pig thirteen. Uh, Bangkok Dangerous, rated R for restricted. Don't uh, take your kids to see this one. Came out in two thousand eight, so already we're in a more cynical time here. You know, the right. financial crash. It's 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 happening. The bubbles where burst. Everybody is who was rich, which was everybody, exactly. um, is starting to kind of, you know, shop a little more frugally. Um, we don't really. We, I, that's when I stopped paying for Amazon Prime and I just kind of I drive to the Amazon warehouse now. Exactly. And you just pick it up yourself. It's a great way to, you know, make some money back. But. um, Yeah, we, we were looking for some hope and change. And uh, Nicolas Cage hoped to deliver that to us with Bangkok Dangerous. So he got his brothers, well, no, his buddies, I'm sorry, <laughs> spoiler alert, the Pang Brothers. The Pang Brothers. Mm -hmm. Danny and Oxide Pang. I don't know if his name is Oxide or if it's pronounced that way, but it's the way it's spelled, like carbon dyed oxide, oxide, maybe it's oxide. I don't know. I'm sorry, Thai people that i'm butchering the pronunciation of this but i'm just gonna play it safe and say pang brothers mm -hmm. and hope yeah. that's pronounced pang the pang brothers the old pang boys uh produced by blue star entertainment and saturn films owned by nicholas cage this one's got a lot less production companies attached to it and uh and it shows yeah a little bit a little bit runtime of 100 minutes so just a little bit longer than next but only like five more minutes um, budget of $45 million. So it's about $25 million less than, yeah. uh, next had. And, uh, it made at the box office $42.5 million. So this one was actually a net loss. So not that next was a great investment, but this one was a worse one. It's a, it's a bit of a flop. Yeah. And it, for the pangs. it made $15 million U.S. and, uh, all I'm going to say about this is uh, until I just watched this recently and I talked to my co-host here, the Mike, the Mike. Thank you. Um, a lot of famous mics, but there's only one who's talking into a mic right now at this very moment, That's I true. think. Right. And uh, he, now we are the only people I know who have seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, this one to... wasn't exactly... I'm going to talk to some people. I'm like, hey, I'm watching a Bangkok Dangerous. Uh, just no bites. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Like, yeah, they can't, you can't even really riff about it with anybody. Cause what the fuck is Bangkok Dangerous? Yeah. This one, uh, of the 42 and a half million, 15 million of it was made here in the U.S. So. And uh, just, just to give a, a point of reference, um, out of 82 movies ranked, this is the 77 seed. Yeah, this one's a little bit lower. So it's it's down there. Uh, as opposed to, I think next was like 52 or something. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. It, sure. I mean, it, it was mostly arbitrary, but just for the record, this was a, hey, a if we could trust tier. those ratings yeah. completely, we wouldn't be having this podcast. Would we? But the people need to know what That's we what think we're here for because we are the real authorities on this on all things cage. That's true. I mean, you can talk to us or you can talk to the cage man himself. No one else. He's a bit harder to reach Maybe. because he's uh, working real hard. Francis Foreign Car Coppola. He, <laughs> he might be one. But um, the reviews here. Rotten Tomatoes, as he said, this was the 77th seed based on a ranking of from 1 to 82 of his movies on Rotten Tomatoes. This one got an 8% on the tomato meter. So 8 is pretty low. 26% in audience ranking. So, you know. One in four people who saw this movie enjoyed it, but less than one in ten critics who saw it enjoyed it. But, but that's that's not including the people who loved it so much that they couldn't even find the time to go and rank it on the Internet. That's true. They were too busy, like, raving about it, it to everyone they met out. that they couldn't type it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that there's at least one of those people out there. Yeah, some of the um, best movies don't even get reviewed because people are so hyped about them. They can't even fucking press the buttons. Very true. Metacritic, this got a 24 out of 100 based on 16 reviews. So, again, a lot lower than uh, Next was. And a 5.3 out of 10 user score. So, again, the audience always seems to be a lot friendlier on movies than the critics are. But uh, we'll we'll see how that swings when we get to the really highly critically reviewed ones, what the audience thinks I know, because... We, like we said, man of the people here. Uh, but and though we are man, man of, of the, the people, people, we can at least admit that um, when it comes to uh, like critics reviewing a movie versus just your typical audience, is that the audience is stupid. Um, they don't know what the fuck they're watching or why they're watching it. Um, That's true. They are uneducated um, and just scum of the earth. Scum of the earth, waste of space. Mm. And beca- um, we we can say this because we are men of the people. Like if anyone right. else tries to pull this shit, like we'll take you down a peg. But exactly. Like, since we are part of it, we can criticize the things within that community. Exactly. We are people, so we can talk about the people. All yeah, right. We and are we are down here with you, fucking idiots. Exactly. We're one of you. Now this movie is a remake of a 1999 film, uh, also directed by the Pang brothers in their directorial debut so i guess uh these production companies came on and decided they wanted to make a american remake of this thai film thai language film which i don't know what the language they speak in thailand is i'm, I'm gonna call it thai sorry I, I didn't do all the research here i guess but uh, yeah i mean and also i went to school in america so as far as i'm concerned this country might not even exist i don't know it's true we didn't learn about it here thai i mean that's Something I do to my shoe. Not exactly. I you can't make a whole land out of that. Right, and that has nothing to do with like killing a mockingbird, which is what I've learned about. So, what? Central tie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, so this the entire original film is uh maybe uploaded on YouTube. You didn't hear that from me though. Not not the two thousand eight remake starring Cage, but the original film. The entire one's up there on YouTube with some subtitles. Hey, and don't flag it for yeah. review. Let the people watch the movies for exactly. free. Exactly. Men of the people here, we want the people to see these movies. We are here to destroy yeah. capitalism. And now I didn't 
go through and watch the entire original movie, but I did a couple of quick click arounds to get an idea of what it was like in comparison to this one. I watched the ending in comparison, and it really looks like, aside from the basic premise of an assassin in Thailand and the ending, not a whole lot of the original made it into this new cut. The characters have the same names, but they play rather different roles. The original movie is about a deaf and mute assassin who apparently had an advantage in shooting training because he wasn't bothered by gunshots because he couldn't oh, hear him. And uh, now uh, they they changed the main character to not be deaf and mute because... And this is a quote from one of the Pang brothers, Oxide Pang. Uh, uh, from a marketing point of view, Nick needs to have some lines. So I guess like... The people they, gotta hear the cage. Yeah, exactly. The people came here for the cage, you gotta give them what they want. Well, I mean, they didn't come out in a lot of great numbers, so like this marketing strategy didn't seem to work all that well honestly but, it would be kind of brave if uh nicholas cage went and did a movie where he didn't say a single fucking thing and he was the uh that would be a pretty damn brave move i'm and you know i i think if there's any actor that would do that it would probably be cage honestly like yeah. i can't really picture anyone else doing that so like nicholas cage if you are listening which i sincerely hope you are love you please go make that movie and I, I might be misremembering, but I think he doesn't have any dialogue in Mandy. He just screams the whole time. <laughs> I haven't seen Mandy, so I'm going to have to take your word for that. But that might be the case. So this movie was filmed on location in Bangkok with a mostly Thai cast, which I thought was actually a nice touch considering, you know, a lot of Hollywood movies. I mean, look at look at Scarlett Johansson in that fucking movie oh, she was in. Yeah. Hashtag like, Oscars so white. <laughs> always not casting Asian actors, but uh, this one refreshingly had a mostly Thai cast, aside from Cage, who's obviously American, and uh, the actress who played Fawn in the movie, who is from Hong Kong. And uh, here, here's a little fun fact. There's a, there's a scene where Cage flashes a fake passport as he's trying to get into the country of Thailand, and his fake name on this passport is Cadillac Vincent. Now, um... Our last guy was Frank Cadillac, so we got the Cadillac connection here. I w the Cadillac connection. Really Cadillac an, action. An unintentional, <laughs> unintentional uh, correlation between these two. But uh, took your whip, Cage. <laughs> I'm really hoping that uh, in every movie that we watch for this podcast, that in some capacity he mentions Cadillacs. Yeah, I'm going to be on the lookout for this because it's it's a common theme that we've identified early on. Maybe Cage is a big Cadillac fan. Yeah. Well, I bet he's scamming at airports and shit just saying his name's Cadillac something. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put it past him. And, you know, I kind of wish I had watched um, Next first because I didn't see if there were any Frankenstein references in this. Oh, true. Yeah. I, I didn't look around for any Frankenstein in there. I mean... Maybe this lady that he gets a little infatuated with, not to get ahead of ourselves here, kind of brings him back from the dead. That's true. Yeah, and he that's he does have bolts in his neck the entire time. So I yeah, guess that that was a little confusing aspect yeah, of it, but it's I, starting to make a little more sense now. But um, yeah, that's what we got here about on our fact sheet for uh, Kakmang Jurodang. Hell yeah. Um, so should we uh should we break it on down? Yeah, let's break it down for these, these so, uh, sentences. 
So the movie opens up with a little bit of a good old narration from the cage man himself, mm -hmm. um, where he's, he says his name for the first and I think only time in the film. Um, yeah, within the first couple lines, it flipped by me until I was reading the plot summary again after seeing the movie. Yeah. I had no idea his name was Joe. Absolutely no clue <laughs> that his name was Joe. His, his partner calls him just boss the entire time. Um, and apparently that's not his name. Um, but it starts off with uh, him doing a little bit of uh, voiceover work. Um, and we see him... Uh, sniping some guy um oh yeah and we we establish that he is a uh, assassin for hire oh yeah he's got this sniper thing all planned out like he's got like his watch that vibrates at at what was it it was like 11 p.m precisely yeah and he's in a bell tower so that like as soon as the bell rings he takes the shot so it covers up the gunshot noise because the loud ass bell and uh i was like that was cool so they're Smart like moves. Smart yeah move. He knows what he's doing. Neat little thing. They uh, they zoomed in on his watch for that, which made sense in that context. But then they, well, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself here. But they continue to zoom in his watch on killings, and it makes less and less sense each time. I, but... I was never quite sure why that was happening. Um, but so he he kills his first target, um, and then we we cut to him uh, having a meeting with a young fellow. Uh, we don't know what's well, actually before the meeting starts, we see him like cooking up some heroin in a spoon. Yeah. Which, no context. No um, context at all. Like I, apparently he was battling with a heroin addiction in this movie. It's not really addressed except in this one scene. Right. And then later in the movie when he's tossing out his heroin because he's like, I don't need this anymore. And I was kind of like, you, well, sorry. So, I feel <laughs> like they needed more payoff. But um, yeah. And then he so he stashes aside this this syringe. Um, and then he meets up with his partner, uh, who hands him a big old sack of money. Mm -hmm. Um, at which point, uh, now, th now this is super cool. He, uh, you know, they shake hands and, uh, Cage is just like, goodbye. And he tases him. And then we see that there's the, the also his partner was like, they, they made it very obvious that he's like a junkie. He's like, looks all sweaty and disheveled. And, uh, when we see, uh, um, palms are sweaty. Yeah, knees, knees weak. weak, arms, spaghetti. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so we see Cage tase him and then take the needle, the syringe, and uh, jam it into his arm where there's already a track mark present. Mm -hmm. um, so in case you didn't catch the, uh, the heavy implication that this guy is on something, he's got a, he's got a nice, little, nice little track mark in his arm and then... Uh, so yeah, Cage uh, just disposes yeah, of murders his partner there, tases him, and then makes it look like an overdose. Right. Um, which is, and it, there's a bit of jumping around here in the beginning, um, but then we learn that um, he's going out for his final job. Mm -hmm. um, well, final four jobs. Right. I think. Yeah, it's... it's Wait, it was final? Uh, yeah, it's, he I says it's his final job, but it's four targets, so it's like a four for one. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's you I know it's like the last level in there's a little thing with fours here too actually because because uh or he goes through his four rules at the start of the movie oh, which true. were like don't ask questions there's no thing, such thing as right and wrong uh take no interest in people outside of work like connections will just get you you know fucked up or some shit yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, um erase every, every trace yeah. Uh, leave no evidence behind and uh, know when to get out so you don't get trapped. I wrote all these down because as soon as he was saying that in the movie, I was like, 
that's going to come back later. Yeah, that's, his, that's his code. And yeah. as we learn, um, he's very by the book, by his own book, rather. Um, he, he sticks to the code strictly. Um, and uh, honestly, based on his actions in this movie, not so strictly at all. But that's, that's I guess that's where I was kind of going. He he seems very uh, strict about the code. And especially with his partner, who we uh, will meet soon, uh, but he doesn't really adhere to it himself. Um, Very true. And so we we cut to uh, him in Thailand. Yeah, which in a scene that reminded me of like that Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet, because it's just like cutting around with crazy angles back and forth on a well lit area, and people going like bah and there's yeah. like titties to... and well not. <laughs> There's dancers and things. And they're, they're, they're trying to capture the uh, the pure chaos of Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works. It's a little disorienting at Ooh. first. Whoa. Freaking, it's freaking crazy over there, dude. They oh, even, yeah. even have Wendy's. I didn't even see a Wendy's. Um, exactly. What do you do without a Wendy's? Where do you get subpar chili? Exactly. Where the fuck do you dip fries into ice cream? I don't know. Um get a little bit more voice over here um as he's kind of uh he, he starts to discuss um how he finds his like partners mm-hmm. um and he has rules for that too which are they have to speak a little english they have to want to make a little money and above all they have to be disposable and he's already proved that mm-hmm. by killing his first uh or his previous partner um so we see who um who ends up being his pick um, for a partner. There's a, there's like a, a young pickpocket type of dude. It's like selling, uh, selling fake Rolexes to like rich tourists who came to Bangkok to get a prostitute or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, no remorse for these guys. They just seem like rich white assholes. And so, you know, you're, you're definitely on the side of the pickpocketer, or at least I was. Um, so we, we see, cage meeting up with this fellow um who we learn is kong mm-hmm. the very kong from the original uh not not actually not the original it's a uh, from from king kong from yeah from king kong oh yeah oh uh, wow you know that went over my head until right now yeah if you if you look um like in the the back of the shot when they first introduce kong you can see like the Empire State Building, which obviously is not in Bangkok. Oh. So it's kind of like a yeah. Hmm. Um, so we meet Kong. For the listener who is unaware, Kong was the main character in the original 1999 Bangkok Dangerous and was a deaf mute assassin. But uh they changed the main character to be the cage man who was Joe, who was also in that film, but what yeah. that's besides the point. Kong Kong transitions from Batman to Robin, essentially. <clears throat> exactly. Um, so we, uh, we get a little bit of cage negotiating with him. Um, he seems skeptical because obviously, why wouldn't you be if some strange white man just came up to you and was like, Hey, you want to make some money? <laughs> uh, so he, uh, he says the, the job entails to, uh, pick things up, uh, drop things off and translate when needed. Um, so he kind of lowballs him at first, and they eventually settle on a daily payment of 3,000 baht, uh, mm-hmm. which is about $94 uh, American. Oh. USD. I didn't realize it was quite that low, but. Yeah. So. I mean, 
he's making less than a hundred dollars a day uh for he says a month um oh yeah. okay see i missed that bit because there were certain parts of this movie where i was like how long is this taking place over <laughs> uh, yeah he said it was going to be like a month he gives himself some time because uh I don't know, tracking down four dudes in in Bangkok, I guess, is... Uh, so he makes, like, $3,000 total to be involved in the murders of four people, and... Yeah. Or, uh, I, I would say high-powered people, too. Yeah, and he gets his ass beat repeatedly. Spoilers okay. for the thing that we're gonna talk about in 20 seconds. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, they, he sets up his uh, strict set of rules um, about, you know, the whole not associating with anybody or whatever. Um, he, he doesn't want Kong to stop for any reason. He wants him to go get a package from a dancer named Um. Um, and we get a funny line here where, uh, where Kong is like, Oh, what if, what if I have to piss? And, uh, Nick Cage is like, uh, and then Kong cuts him off and he's like, okay, oh, yeah, not even then, not even then. Oof. And, uh, so if you, if like, if you work for Amazon, you're familiar with this, uh, where you you can't stop working to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, or they'll dock your pay for four hours worth of pay. Right. So this movie is kind of where they got that from, uh, which is why this is uh, one of the two movies that was not on Prime. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, for all of Cage's uh, good things that he's done, he inspired that poor worker practice for Amazon. You know, uh, it's a. Uh, it's a doggy dog world out there, you know what I'm saying? A um, Snoop doggy dog world. Yes, correct. Uh, you just gotta roll down the street, smoke some window, sipping on gin and juice. Gin, 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 gin. Uh, moving forward. Um, so he sends Kong to retrieve a package. We don't, we don't really know what the package is. Um, but I think we can infer, given the whole context, the why he's in Bangkok and all. Exactly. That. So he he retrieves this package. Um, it's uh the deets on his first target. Uh, when he gets when he receives the package from Kong, he pulls out another like little bag of smack. And I don't know if that was in the package. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, they discussed that, that actually. That was one of the other scenes. The other scene that I said referenced is heroin addiction. Right. Was it was part of his terms was that he wanted some heroin for payment. So they uh, gave him heroin. See, which, uh, my assumption was that uh, he only had that to like uh, stage another death. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm realizing now that uh, he was he was just hard pressed to get that smack. Fucking junky ass. But what is he? A jazz musician from the fifties? Exactly. Like, I, uh, you bath salts. Like I mean, if things. you're not fucking Billy Holiday, what business do you have doing that stuff? And yeah. if you are Billy Holiday, please come sing at my studio. Yeah, Nicholas Cage, again, if you're listening, please uh, write in and tell us if you are Billy Holiday. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. So um, we get the get the package. Um, and this is when we get our first um, reference to elephants in the movie, which ends up being a recurring theme because uh, Nicholas Cage has like an elephant painting uh, in his in his apartment. And Kong's like, oh, that's. That's bad luck because the trunk is pointing down mm -hmm. and uh, it turns out that really fucks with Cage's head. Uh, oh, yeah. So he he points out the. Uh, the elephant painting uh, with the trunk pointing down, which causes Cage to fucking stare at it endlessly. Um, but so from there, 
Um, he see, I'm confused though if that is bad luck and widely accepted in that in the culture there or something. Why did this hotel have a painting of it in the first place with it pointing down there? Like you'd, you'd think the people who set it up this hotel for people to rent wouldn't have put that there as a decoration, right? Maybe have some foresight, not give your Travelers bad luck unless you're hoping that they have bad luck so they die there and you can take all their belongings or something. I don't I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But I I feel like uh it, it would it would raise some questions if, you know, somebody walked into their uh their Airbnb and there was like just an upside down painting hanging. I, I suppose. Yeah. I think they could just get rid of the painting altogether. Honestly, uh if elephants are that bad luck uh in any capacity, just don't have just don't have elephant art. Yeah. Good seems, point. Seems uh, mm-hmm. like a safe safe route but um, uh, so from here we have uh cage going to his first target uh which uh the the scenes where he goes after his targets are are the the fun ones oh yeah um there's a lot of uh certainly the best parts of the movie yeah there's a lot of like lulls uh in between uh killings and just a lot of uh not not a whole lot going on the script is kind of eh, throughout Mm-hmm. Um, so any time where he's not like actively engaging, uh, with somebody or, you know, doing something badass, it's just kind of like, what's, yeah, what, what's what the hell's here? even, um, yeah. So we see him in an alley, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on a motorcycle loading up his gun. Um, and then we get a kid walking by him and they kind of lock eyes and, uh, the kid's just like, fuck is this guy, uh, this guy's about to pop off on somebody. And oh. Cage just stares down this little kid. Um, and uh, he, he contemplates, you know, like, uh, hey, hey, what if what if this guy I'm about to kill? What if he was a kid once? No, <laughs> uh, you can see a little bit of uh, remorse starting in his eyes. Uh, but then he speeds off into assured uh, that this guy definitely wasn't ever a kid. Oh, I mean, have what are the odds? Yeah. Like twenty to one, I say. I yeah. mean, I was never a kid. When was the last time you were a baby goat? I, I, if I was, I feel like I would remember. So he, uh, he speeds off on his motorcycle, and, uh, see, I, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I'm not an assassin, so I don't know what the the protocol is, but it seems, uh, uh, like a bad idea. To just speed into traffic and shoot somebody at a stoplight. Yeah. But that is exactly what he does. Yeah, it, it seems like it draws a little attention to just roll up with an Uzi and unload the entire magazine right into the, yeah. the guy right there. And then... There's people it, everywhere. Yeah, and then pretty much traffic seems to just start driving when the light turns green like it didn't happen. Yeah, and which, I, if that's a normal occurrence in Bangkok, then I guess this movie got it right. Yeah, but, then Bangkok, dangerous. You know what? Bangkok, dangerous. Yeah, seriously. Which they kind of missed out on an opportunity to, uh, he should have, like, somebody, a passerby, should have, like, said, after they see this man in a helmet gun somebody down in a car, they should have just been like, damn, Bangkok, dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, they just gotta get, uh, you know, someone in there. Like it, Rob Schneider. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, fucking Rob Schneider, like, it, it would have been great trailer fodder or right. something, you know? Like, just, like, this summer, and then they cut to Rob Schneider, and he's like, Bangkok, dangerous! <laughs> Because that's how Rob Schneider would talk. I wasn't trying to do like a racist voice, but um, sure. uh, you know, you can try and dodge the claims all you want, but we all know that you're racist against Rob Schneider. All right, I I'm officially canceled. Look, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. 
Um, so uh, after Cage guns this guy, this so this was confusing for me, uh, but it gives him a reason to eventually meet his love interest. He speeds off, happens to see the kid again that he saw when he was loading his gun, mm. and the kid's like holding some poles on his shoulder or something. And as Nicolas Cage speeds past him, he happens to cut his arm. Yeah. On the, it was, it was See, very, when, very coincidental. When I watched that, I wasn't exactly sure what was happening there. I thought he, like, gave the kid a high five or something. I was very confused. <laughs> there was, like, a nod or something, at least. <laughs> like, a nod of recognition. Like, hey, guess what? Yeah. The guy's dead now. So, you yeah. can, you're safe. Um, you, you can go on being a kid, because I took out that dude. You'll fucking, maybe... I mean, maybe he'll be a kid forever. I don't really know how that works. Um, but so he gets he gets his arm sliced, um, tosses his gun into the river. Um, but here's where we get so the 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 arm cut serves as kind of like a catalyst for him to go to a pharmacy. Shows up at a nice little tie Walgreens. Oh yeah. Um, and immediately falls in love with the first woman that he sees. And so we get a repeat <laughs> of his the the cage seduction where he literally he just he walks into a pharmacy, he sees pretty lady mm. and he just fucking stares at her for stares like her a down. minute straight at least. And he can't even communicate with her because she can read lips but only in Thai and he doesn't speak Thai apparently. Well, I was I was confused on whether or not he could speak Thai in this movie because there are moments where he would say things in Thai and people would respond in Thai and he'd he, understand. It but seemed like he like picked up a little bit. Yeah, maybe. But didn't wasn't definitely wasn't fluent. Um, but yeah, he's just staring down this deaf pharmacist who's trying nicely to get him needed antiseptic medication. Yeah. And, and uh, so yeah, she is um deaf and mute. Uh, which is uh, stolen from the main character of the original. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know about you, but this scene just took me right out of the movie. <laughs> because, yeah, um, we get, we have this badass assassin, and he, for some reason, uh, got uh, an injury that doesn't really make sense. And Well, to, to quote one of the Pang brothers on here, I guess uh, when they changed it so Cage's character wasn't deaf and mute, um, they wanted to keep that relationship because in the original movie, I guess the uh, assassin was deaf and mute and also had a relationship with a pharmacist who it gave him relief to actually meet someone who cared about him as a person. And yeah. um, so like they wanted to keep that dynamic between as a love interest with that going on. But it makes a lot more sense in the original context than in this movie where Cage is just showing up here as an assassin and then goes to a pharmacy and he just sees a deaf woman working right. there and is like, oh, yeah. I'm getting with her. <laughs> and yeah, not having known anything about the original when I was watching this, um, it just seemed very out of place. It was yeah. just like we. It was pretty jarring. I don't know. Okay. I, I wasn't surprised by there being like a lull in the action because he just killed somebody. But I was not expecting him to walk into a pharmacy and just stare at a woman. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it felt like it, it you could see with weird. his eyes, he's literally just saying, um, this is my love interest now. Yeah. This is don't well, and the music in the background got all like sweet and heartfelt. And yeah, it felt like a I don't know. It felt like a completely different movie, honestly. Yeah, I w I really wasn't sure what they were going for. I I wasn't sure if they were going to even continue on this thread. Uh, but yeah, at first I thought like maybe okay, he's just fallen in love with the culture or something. I don't know what's going on here with. 
So not only is he staring her, this woman down, but he's got um the worst the worst dyed eyebrows I've ever seen. And if anybody was staring at me with those fucking eyebrows, I'd punch him right in the throat. Because you you can't just go in it like it's already weird to go and just stare at a woman. But you can't go and stare at a woman looking like that, my friend. Yeah. Have a little bit of self-awareness. I, I didn't quite pick up on the eyebrows in the moment there, but like looking back, I think I see what you what you mean there. Yeah. I, he, I'm not going to give this movie a second viewing unless it advances to the next round just yet. It's going to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that's. But, but if I ever have to again, I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking up for those goddamn eyebrows. <laughs> and uh, so we cut from there, um, back into the action because we just had to pause and remind you that Nicolas Cage is capable of love. Mm-hmm. We cut back. Kong is getting mugged. Mm-hmm. He's getting his shit wrecked by yeah. like. Ten dudes. Just blasted in the face with a baseball bat while he's riding by down an alley in a motorcycle. Just yeah. Bam. And then a bunch of dudes on him trying to steal the case because he picked up another case for Cage. Yeah, I he think. picked up the next package and oh, these wow. guys need it. <laughs> so they beat the shit out of him. They take the package and they run. And despite his uh, bloody and swollen face, uh, he chases after him. He gets that package back. Mm-hmm. He's not fucking around. Not at all. He needs that $3,000. Exactly. Really bad. Um, hey, and you know what? More power to him. In this economy? Yeah. I, I'm fucking chasing you guys. I mean, this is the year that that financial crisis just happened, so, like, I, I totally yeah. understand. Like, yeah. Nobody's rich anymore, so he has to fucking chase these guys down. Sorry, I hit the mic stand. Oh, that was my bad. Well, now now you did it. Like, You're now fired. We can't, yeah, we can't even continue with this anymore. Just get the fuck out. I fucking suck at this. I, yeah. And I really hate myself. Um, No, it's okay. No, fuck you. Uh, I hate you too, but like you shouldn't hate yourself. I'm doing enough hating of you for the both of us. That's fair. So after Kong gets mugged, this is where we get our fucking father-son moment. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you say that because I was just thinking like, yeah, Cage is an elite assassin, but a lot of this movie he's kind of acting like your dad. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's he he's just definitely seems very dad. daddy. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, not, definitely... not like, ooh, daddy. Mm-hmm. No, it's like your dad who's like, you know, like, God damn it. Stop fucking around with that stupid thing. And he like smacks you upside the head and he's like, now go to your room. And <laughs> yeah, it, it, it goes from, uh, you know, just. Him not being sure about Kong to like cats in the cradle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just, and overnight, well, not overnight, over the course of like one minute, Kong's just like, So I saw inside that case, looks like there's a guy, bad dude. You're gonna kill him, right? Can you teach me how to kill people? And then he just jumps up on him with a knife, like holding it to his neck in the corner, and then he's just like, block this and then <laughs> yeah they, we get a sequence of him it it looks kind of like a slap fight but yeah nicholas cage has a knife in his hand hmm. uh, i guess he's just without without telling kong he's already given him his first lesson that he just asked for seconds prior it's like oh oh you want to you want to run with the big dogs yeah. disarm me because <laughs> uh, i feel like um i could be remembering incorrectly but they seem to imply before this happens that um you know cage is kind of uh second guessing this partnership mm-hmm. um and so this is the the wake up call for nicolas cage that he has to become kong's daddy um 
It's like, hey, show me the ropes. And Cage is like, if you don't die from this knife, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, that's that's how relationships should start. It's don't true. he didn't Kong didn't come in and stare Cage down. All right. Mm-hmm. He came in and said, Will you help me? And Cage tried to kill him. Exactly. That's how it should that, be. That's a much better way than, you know, just staring at a deaf lady and then just, I don't know, being a creep. And yeah. Having like beautiful, heartfelt music play while you are really just ostensibly being a creepy old tourist man to this right. lady who's just at work. I don't know. Yeah, she's <laughs> just trying to do her job. He doesn't know she's deaf at first. He's like clapping at her. Like, hey, he's just like, hey, this thing. Hey, attention to me. Yeah. There's a white man in here. Hello. <laughs> Please. I need to be the center of attention. Uh, and <laughs> English. USA. Have you heard of it? I'm from there. We will conquer you for oil. We are number one. <laughs> uh, but see, he's not rich anymore. So she doesn't give a fuck. Um, it's true. It's really hot in here and I am laughing my balls off of this shit. Sorry. You continue. Please air out those balls, Engineer Dave. Yeah. Oh. Once they've been laughed off, you might want to like crack a window and like just wave them out there to yeah, you know, cool it off, get rid of some Show of the, the sweat. neighbors that type of thing. I can yeah. smell those balls from down here, David. Um, you should smell them up here. God, I can't imagine. Well, we, we, maybe after the podcast is done. Yeah, we 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 got a job to do. Then we just can get me, with our ball sniffing. You know, let me know if you need to take a break or whatever. Uh, if we need a breather, it'll be. Your balls. Oh. Just to be clear, this whole podcast runs through a giant mixing console that heats up like a speed, like a like a space heater, which is how a lot of people say space heater. A space heater. I know that's how I say it. But um, yeah. Uh, so where were we? Oh um, yeah. He, so we have uh, Cage was daddy. Cage is daddy now, and we get him uh going for his next target, which um is when we learn. That Nicolas Cage can fucking hold his breath like a goddamn champion. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I want to say they go through a training montage with Kong. Oh, yes, yes. And I were being struck by immediately in the training montage. In that scene, Kong's face was all fucked up from the mugging. Right. But immediately in that montage, he's clean. Like, it looks like he hasn't had a bad day in his life. Like, how long was that supposed to be over that all those giant facial cuts and bruises healed so quickly? I mean, maybe he, uh... Maybe he shot up a little bit of Cage's heroin and uh, fucking made his face all pretty again. I also want to say that if this whole thing does take place over a month and Kong becomes pretty good and skilled at what he's doing, is that all it takes is a month, like less than a month of training, like maybe a week of training to become like a, a very skilled assassin? Because like, I'm glad you brought give this me up. that training. <laughs> I'm very glad you brought That's- this up because I, I, I have been saying for years that it's uh, easy as fuck to be an assassin. Oh, yeah. And. I don't know why I more have people no don't idea. do it. It's stupid. You know, I always wanted to, but I was just worried I wasn't qualified enough for the position. Right. But some people worried about are worried about like getting caught and stuff. But if you just wait for like the the eleven o'clock bell to go off, mm-hmm. no one will know that you. And then bam, exactly. So uh, yeah, we get the we get the trading montage. Kong is uh, suspiciously looking clean and like he didn't just get the shit rocked out of him. Mm. Um, and then yeah then we get the cage breath holy scene yeah so uh his his next target um is a guy who 
Um, and I don't know, I didn't really catch this completely, but I think he fucking, he like sells women into slavery or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the gist that I got. It sounded like he kidnapped young women and turned them into underage prostitutes. Right. Which, and so uh, you're rooting yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, uh, you kind of want clearly the good guy in the scene. Yeah. You want him to take over as the, uh, protagonist of this one. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so he he lives in this big, uh, like, DJ Khaled-looking mansion. And I only use that as a reference because... Uh, because he yelled, we the best! <laughs> he jumped in the pool and he said, father of Assad. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this guy jumps in the pool and who is underwater lying in wait? For some reason, still wearing a beanie. With no scuba gear either. No which, scuba like, gear It amazes that me that he's been underwater for this long. And I, I don't know. How, how do you time that out? I have no idea. I don't. I, how do you know when this guy's going to go in the pool? <laughs> and you know what? It's And beanie it up. Right. I was not expecting him to be dressed like a cat burglar in a pool. But I guess uh, that's just the ropes. Yeah. Uh, you don't fuck with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You never know where the Joe will be in your pole. Oh, okay. So I'm seeing how they got the idea for this. It's starting to make sense. So, and while this is happening, um, you we get more of the developing relationship between Cage and Kong. Sorry, Joe and Kong. The montage is like a. It's like a split between them having like heart to heart conversations and them like slap fighting each other. True. It's like cutting back and forth. Um, so we, we get, we get that cats in the cradle. They're really hammering it in. Mm-hmm. Um, just going at it. Like Cage is like, this is the thing you do. All right. And here rules about assassinating. Uh, wait, does he tell him his four rules? I'm going to assume he tells him his four rules. He's got I, to. I think so. Um, you gotta leave no trace and, not take an interest in people outside of work, even though that's what I'm doing right now. You gotta know so. when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> and uh, he he really does learn that lesson. Um, and then, of course, the they they use that very heartwarming montage to to transition into Cage uh, getting his courage up and uh, asking out the deaf pharmacist lady. And he stared down mm-hmm. because the movie doesn't want you to forget that there is a relationship at stake. Exactly. For some reason. <laughs> yeah. um, this is, it's really important to the overall plot of the film that he talk with this random deaf pharmacist, you know, well, not talk with her, right, <laughs> um, but talk at her. Yeah. Talk at her and about how it's spicy and uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're eating dinner and, uh, he doesn't even need to speak because he's too busy uh, sweating his balls off, kind of like Dave up there. Yeah, he's, he's like, Thai food too spicy. Yo! <laughs> Shout out to Engineer Dave sweating his... Shout out Dave. Um, and that's actually the reason why it's so hot in that room. There's You guys keep a bunch of Thai food. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a to... whole Thai kitchen in the closet. We removed a vocal booth to put in a Thai kitchen. Oh, nice. I'm cooking some shit on the console right now. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's, that's the real deal. Holy uh, could uh, could you toss a couple of eggs on there for me too? Oh, you gotta do. It. I already got you covered. Hell, already yeah. got you covered. Thank you. Um, and so we're uh, on this uh, date with the spicy food. Um, they run into an elephant, 
um, to hammer in that imagery again. Because mm-hmm. it's one of those dates where there's just animals wandering around. Yeah, yeah, like like there are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been walking around downtown and, you know, there's just a giraffe there. And, like, you know, me and my date walk up and pat the giraffe. Yeah, like, oh, shit, that's a Feed freaking... it mini bananas. And... Yeah, it's like that, that thing from the painting in my house. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so... They don't want you, the movie doesn't want you to forget about the relationship, and they don't want you to forget about the heavy imagery. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this movie is a, a real treat for people who are, like, uh, not good at picking up, you know, uh, yeah, on I, cues. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, little metaphors and things, they'll really hammer you over the head with those. Because his forest, well, we'll get to that in a bit. But. Um, and this is, this is kind of similar to Next, in that... The relationship just fucking takes right off. Uh, and so we, we go from first date to she's taking him home to mama. Mm-hmm. Kong's daddy is meeting Fan's mama. Is it Fan? Fa- is that her name? Yeah, Fan. Fan, which means rain. Yes, and, as there's a very belabored scene pointing out. Uh, yeah, so not only does he learn the word for rain, but he learns the sign language for rain. Which is uh, basically you just point, well... You just, uh, you pretend you're like hopping like a bunny with yeah. your hands, and then you like twiddle, twiddle your, your fingers. Yeah, twiddle them. Um, so that's how you learn sign language uh, via twiddle. audio. Um, so yeah, he meets, he meets Mama. <laughs> it's uh, important that you learn sign language through audio because, uh, <laughs> hey. I mean, it's, you gotta hammer it into your brain in so many different ways so that you always remember it. And if Somebody's you remember, gotta teach these deaf bastards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, they're not really part of our target demographic. Uh, anybody are they? who's transcribing this podcast right now, please stop immediately. Yeah, cut that shit out. That's, right. Noted. Yeah, <laughs> that it's not supposed to go to people who aren't listening. Are going to go off on this? Are we going? I didn't. I didn't mean to go off on this, but oh, here's the thing, deaf, deaf people. I bet you're all lovely, but also you're not part of my customer base, so you're dead to me. Exactly. That is capitalism, ladies Capitalism? And Hell yeah. God, I'm so sorry to anyone who has deaf family members. God. Uh. Uh, so, Cage is taken home to Mama. He, uh, he, he tells them he's a banker. Because that's what you do when you have, like, a job you can't talk about. It's just the word that comes out of your mouth when you can't say I'm, like, an assassin or a sex worker or whatever to yeah. your girlfriend's mom. You're a banker. I'm a b- banker because yeah. you don't ask questions about bankers. Exactly. If there's there's no grounds for any further discussion. <laughs> I'm a banker. Yeah. Okay. Nobody gives a shit. Banks. You know what? It, this is 2008 though. Because so she should have been like to that banker, like, "Oh, you're a banker. Oh, you're you, a... you giving out those subprime home equity loans? Hey, <laughs> let me get some of that fucking money. Do you get a <laughs> discount on money from being yeah, a, yeah. at the bank? How's it feel to not be strung up and murdered for your crime? I don't know. Oh, well, hold on here. I was. I feel I'm very conflicted here because I was just talking about how people are dead to me because they aren't part of my consumer base, but also I'm angry at the people who abuse their consumer base, which, no, I'm not, you know what, never mind, I have no cognitive dissonance here. (laughs) Let's move on. So, to summarize, fuck the deaf and uh, Nicolas Cage was a banker. Uh, (laughs) um, So they do a little bit more smooching here, and uh, we get... Uh, do we smooch? I don't remember any sort of 
physical affection going on between these two individuals. I think in my notes, I just uh, wrote that they were smooching when it got uh, too lovey-dovey for uh, me to pay attention. Ah. Um, so there might not have been any physical interaction, but they're fucking looking at each other, and it's <laughs> gross. They're eye smooching. Oh, yeah. They're fucking... I hate it. There's no implication that they just banged, which is fine, but... um. So Cage goes home, and for some reason I took notes on all the elephant stuff because it was, uh, I've, I thought it might be leading to somewhere. Mm-hmm. But he goes home, and he turns the elephant painting upside down. Because mm-hmm. you know what? He needs luck. Because he's in love. He needs that luck. Because he loves this random woman who he kind of harassed at work. <laughs> and, I, well, I guess not harassed. She seems happy about it. but Yeah, she seems fine with it, but at the same time, I feel like he turned the painting uh, upside down because like, he thought maybe it would make her hear again. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> He doesn't have a very good understanding of how that operates. but Yeah, I mean, who uh, does? He's not a doctor. He's a banker. <laughs> uh, so he turns the fucking painting upside down um, and this is, uh, this is where we, we get, he's kind of like trying to turn his life around, right? He, he turns the painting upside down. He throws his heroin into the pond. Yeah. Which there, there again, I was kind of like at that point, I was like, I have never seen you use heroin in this movie. Like at all. I, it's been implied that you do maybe, but you haven't done it or anything. It doesn't seem to be interfering with your life. I kind of give it to someone else. Exactly. Like. It doesn't feel like we have a cathartic moment or anything where he's like, I don't need this anymore. Because it's like, I didn't really know that he was even doing it. It wasn't really confirmed to me in right. any way. And like, it, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, apparently he does heroin. I don't, I forgot about that. Yeah, because <laughs> they don't really, they don't spend any time at all, like, making him seem like he's suffering or, like, from a withdrawal or, like, he's a junkie or something. Like, mm-hmm. there's really no implication that he has, like, some a problem fix mm-hmm. that it needs to satisfy and here's... except uh a staring at random ladies in pharmacies right. face but that's normal that's <laughs> fine that, that's part of his character it's a pharmacies diners one of the two um, diners drive-ins dives <laughs> um but here's the best part i forgot guy fieri was there but yeah. who do we see across the pond when he's throwing his heroin into it do you remember no. You remember? I was too busy writing about, like, what's with the heroin thing? Because that wasn't built up. Let me tell you this. You're, you're going to think I'm joking, but this is this happened. You can go back and watch it. All right. There's receipts. There's a fucking elephant. Oh, just shit. <laughs> really? Yes. I overlooked that completely. They're just, they're just like, hey. <laughs> and then it really, I don't, I, they kind of, it kind of trickles off after that, but. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, because the last time I remember an elephant coming up was when he turned the painting upside down. Yeah, so there's the, the there's the painting, there's the elephant at the date, and now <laughs> there's just a random stray elephant <laughs> waiting to suck up the last of his heroin. <laughs> and so they cut that scene out, but um, it's implied. Uh, yeah, I think that's in the deleted scenes. Actually, is it? It's trying. It sucks up the heroin, and then it it's not enough for the elephant. Well. I don't know why. I, I saw the deleted scene. I guess I didn't know it was going to be at this part in the movie, but oh, it yeah. makes sense now. But yeah, it gets a it gets the syringe stuck in its trunk and then it dies. And yeah, it's it's it's, all. it's really an allegory for pollution. Yeah. Uh, and then it gets its head stuck in like one of those cage sheds things. a single tear as he sees it happening. Right. And, and um and, I, oh, I, and then uh, an owl comes down. And he says, give a hoot. Don't give pollute. a hoot. 
do not pollute. Yeah, it says do not because the don't pollute was trademarked and they didn't want to pay the rights to it. Yeah, and then he said, uh, I think he says, uh, yak, 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 give me that smack. <laughs> After that. Uh, I put in my notes here uh, at the, the most recent elephant sighting that uh, this is starting to seem deliberate. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, you know what? That's a very astute observation on my part, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, I really didn't see that. I, <laughs> I want to go back and watch. I was that. like, come the fuck. <laughs> uh, we uh, get it. All right. <laughs> and you know what? The, I, if I recall correctly, yeah. Actually, now I, I'm not even comfortable saying it because I feel like they probably did something where, like, the elephant's trunk was pointing up, but <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it was down. So I don't know. I don't well, know what I don't know the what they're luck, going for. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's throwing the back. Maybe I now I want to watch the scene again because I bet he walks up with the heroin trunk down. Mm-hmm. He throws the heroin in the pond trunk up. Da-na-na. Holy shit! Yeah. If that wasn't in the movie, we're gonna have to remake this another time because holy hell. Um, and so after all this elephant lovey dovey nonsense, we finally get back to, uh, some good old fashioned killing or attempted killing at first. Uh, so they're in the, like some kind of floating market. Uh, they're all in boats. Mm-hmm. And Wait, hold on. I do want to point out that I think there was another training scene with, uh, Kong where he was teaching him to shoot. Ah, yeah. Because I have written here, squeeze the trigger cliche. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As they always put in movies, you gotta squeeze the trigger, not pull it. I oh, swear yeah. to God, I've heard that in every movie that has now, ever had a person with a gun. But um, Oh, yeah. Is, is also... this just in my head, or is he, like, standing over Kong's shoulders, like, uh, holding his hands? Like... Yeah, I think it's just in your head, but the way you just work those knuckles there, I'm... I it's gonna be in my head now too, and I might have to go upstairs for a minute. But hey, uh, <laughs> it smells like balls up there. But <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't recommend it. I also wrote a uh, Nick Cage assassin dad. <laughs> dad assassin. Yeah, dad assassin. Honestly, well, they don't make a, a series. Bangkok dad assassin, more like it. Hell yeah. Uh, but uh, sorry, go on. We're we're in the boats. Yeah, we're in the boats. Things, I think. Later. Uh, yeah, they so they they're trying. They they have their their gun disguised on the boat in like some fucking flower arrangement, um, and they're they're heading towards their target, trying to look inconspicuous. Then they get stopped by a fucking shopkeeper, who's like, "Buy my shit, buy my shit," mm-hmm. and uh, in the process, this gives their target time to spot the weapon. And speed off, which is where we go into he jumps in a random speedboat. Yeah, bam. yeah, jumps in a speedboat. We got our boat chase going on to pick up the slack from this lovey-dovey nonsense we've been watching so far. Um, no more movies need boat chases. I, w- I actually this scene I was kind of like, this is cool. I like the way this is set up. Like it's pretty cinematography and stuff. I remember yeah. looking at it and being like, I like this. I mean, the movie is shot really well. It's it's it looks. Beautiful, uh, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They definitely didn't skimp on that aspect. But the uh, the script just does not really complement it. it doesn't yeah. do any favors for good. anyone involved. The the Pang brothers have a good visual eye, but the writing 
Not as much, I don't think. Or at least maybe, maybe the, I maybe I should go back and watch the original and it's very well written, but... Uh, maybe. And, and you know what? Maybe they're fucking But in translating it for an American know. audience, it didn't work. Yeah, maybe they are deaf. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, a boat chase ensues. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, this is a pretty, pretty good scene. Um, I was, uh, I, at this point had kind of started to zone out and then they, they really pull you back in with this mm-hmm. high octane fucking boat chase, which as you pointed out to me, uh, before the podcast, um, he, he shoots the shit out of this guy mm-hmm. while he's lying in a boat the, his target is mm-hmm. lying in a boat. Yeah. And they just. And then he just proceeds to stand there in the boat for about another minute and a half with a bunch of bullet holes in the bottom of the boat, and the boat isn't taken on water or anything. It doesn't even start to sink. Yeah, nothing at all. In fact, I think Kong shows up and then gets in that boat with him after he shot the guy. If there's not a Mythbusters on this scene, there should be. Yeah. Also, um, we can film one. We could. Yeah, let's do it. How how do you think they feel about uh, firearms in Lake Michigan? Shooting holes in boats and stuff. Gotta be legal. Yeah, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Just go down to like Rogers Park. He'll be cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I forgot to mention uh, is my favorite part of this scene is that when he catches the guy, he gets his fucking arm cut off by the the propeller of the boat. Oh and yeah. So Cage uses this guy's <laughs> own gun on him. Uh huh. he just takes this gun out of the severed arm. And fucking pops a whole clip into this guy. And uh, he uh, he escapes unscathed. Um, but yeah, oh, it was, yeah. I had that written here. That severed arm with the bow. It was kind of hilariously shot. Because yeah. it was just like, he just kind of moved the boat propeller vaguely near him. And you hear him go, blah! And you see it kind of fall off in a weird CGI manner. Yeah, I guess kinda... CGI from this era of films, I think, is kind of not aging well. Because, uh, yeah. We were at a point where they stopped doing practical effects because they felt CGI was good enough to carry it without practical effects and the CGI being layered over the practical effects. But now we've gotten CGI good enough to the point where that works. But back then, we can look back on it and it's kind of like, this is looking kind of funky and weird. But Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the the ending of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where uh, Leatherface falls over and his chainsaw like hits his own leg. And he's just it's. It's the same kind of like I get what you're going for, but it uh, it it looks a little bit clunky in the execution. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it it was fun though. I liked it a lot. As I do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sorry to Toby Hooper. Rest in peace. <laughs> um. So, of course, uh, there's because there's only four targets. Every time we knock one down, we got three out of four down. Now. Mm-hmm. So naturally. Gotta cut back to the kissing and smooching. Oh, yeah. Because this movie would only be 45 minutes long if we didn't have this. How do you know that Bangkok dangerous if you don't... Bangkok. Yeah. In a dangerous manner. That's where the the title really comes from. Um, So we get back to the the smooching. Now, this this scene actually is the best lovey-dovey scene because this is where they're on a date. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, he starts to like trail behind her. She's like a few steps ahead of yeah, him. I think he's getting a phone call or something. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he gets attacked mm. from behind. A couple guys run up on him. And they try to pop, pop, bang on him, and uh, 
quick reminder, she can't hear shit that's exactly. going on here. She deaf. And so Cage starts uh, blasting the fuck out of these guys. Yeah, he just, one of them pulled up oh, on him with a gun, aiming it to his head, and he just knocks it away, shoots that guy in the head, and then shoots another guy. And yeah. then, oh, he shot uh that guy in the direction that fawn was facing and there's blood splattering on the back of her jacket and yeah. uh she reaches back sees uh, i don't i can you really feel blood like there was just a little not too much blood but it, i bet you could feel like maybe she'd be like oh some rain fell from a tree or something some yeah. water fell she puts like, her hand oh. back it's like oh fuck that's blood on my hand yeah. and she turns around and she she sees uh this fucking deranged man uh holding a gun which i gotta say that's got to be incredibly confusing because I I want to say the first part of the, how this scene started off actually too or hold on I no he wasn't getting a phone call I'm thinking of something else here I remember what she did was she handed him a note and oh he uh she walked away kind of nervous about it and he opened the note and it says I'm so happy when I'm with you Oh yes yeah that's that was right. it and so she's just like sitting over there like oh I hope like he feels the same way or something like that <laughs> And just t imagine turning around on a date, and your date has murdered two people <laughs> right I, next to you. I can't like, even fucking imagine what was going through her head. <laughs> also, it would be super funny if the note that she gave him just said, uh, do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. Because <laughs> like, that's essentially <laughs> that's essentially what it was. It's true. Um, and then he fucking <laughs> murders two people. <laughs> and you know what? Check yes or no. <laughs> the... the Here's what pisses me off. I'm going to go on a rant. I And I, I hate to fucking target these deaf people again, but... So she... <laughs> she gets super pissed that they're on a date, and she wanted to hand him a note that said, do you want kiss me? And uh, fucking... She gets super pissed that he murders these people, but you know what? They had it coming. They, they attacked him first. It's true. And she doesn't give him a chance to explain no. why she's covered in blood. <laughs> now, I suppose I understand where you're coming from here, but I gotta think about this. I, I've been on some online dates and stuff like that where I felt a little nervous going in. And uh, I could understand how she would be nervous. You know, she's deaf. She doesn't know everything that's going on around her all the time. Uh, you know, and um, this guy who's a foreign dude like and let's be honest here white people have a tendency of exploiting the uh asian countries particularly yeah. in indochina region <laughs> so like not a great connotation and then he just fucking murders people there so i kind of would have been like yeah i'm getting the fuck out of here <laughs> um, yeah yeah i guess that that is fair <laughs> but uh give him a chance fuck. It's true. I mean, if they were going to make it, if this was going to work out at all in any way, like, she had to go. I mean, I it mean, was. If she's so happy when she's with him, I guess I got to give you that. Like, I mean, well, what should a little murder get in the way? I mean, they jumped up on him. What if in her mind, this is how it played out. She hands him a note that says, I'm so happy when I'm with you. And he's so disgusted that he pulls out a gun and just shoots two people in the head because he can't fucking stand the thought of yeah, she, this woman. She's not even mad for about the murder. She's just mad that he's that upset about. It's like, wait, like what? Him. I thought we were just banging. Yeah. I'm going to fucking 
pop these dudes. <laughs> I want to find the two nearest guys and I'm going to fucking shoot them in the head. <laughs> just overflowing with rage. Like, no, I don't want you to be happy. I wanted you to be submissive. <laughs> uh, so that, that's probably what she was thinking. Uh, and that's fair. Because um, that's, that's what I would be thinking. Um, yeah. And, well, she runs off. And she then, runs off. I don't remember what happens next exactly. Does it cut to anything else? Or does oh, it, it just does. show up outside her door? Oh, oh, wait. Okay. Now, here's where we get the scene where his natural reaction to her running off is him going home and ripping the elephant painting out of the frame <laughs> and setting it on fire in a garbage can. Now I remember that. Because yeah. you know what? The good luck wasn't that good. No, and so he yeah. had to fucking take it out on the painting. It was, in fact, pretty bad. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they cut out a scene where he goes back to the pond and just murders a fucking... <laughs> yeah. He just hops on the he back. He shoots the damn elephant. <laughs> and then, like, he feeds one poison. <laughs> They think he's a poacher, but really he's just super fucking pissed at the uh, the bad luck that this elephant has brought him. Um, so yeah, he rips the shit out of the painting, he burns it, um, and then we cut to Cage uh, like constructing a bomb in mm-hmm. um, some like paint cans or yeah, something. Yeah, um, which it, it it kind of uh, calls back to like the heroin scene. He's doing something tricky. That much is for sure, but we don't know why or what. Tricky Nick. Tricky Nick. <laughs> he will be known from here on out. And uh, so he's making the bomb. He starts tracking his last target. Um, and meanwhile, um, Kong has, has kind of uh, developed his own relationship with the dancer, Om. Um, mm-hmm. Um, who's been handing Kong the briefcases that he brings back to cage for the targets. Right. <laughs> um, and so he goes to visit her and she, he discovers that she has been, um, accosted by the bad guys. Um, and they beat the shit out of Kong and, uh, demand to know where cage is staying. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, I think there was a scene setting that up earlier where, uh, initially in the movie, it was like, it was set up so that the people who were hiring Cage and um, Cage don't know each other, and it's better that way so that nobody gets like right. involved. But then they realize their fourth target is s- not spoiler spoilers for things we're going to talk about in like thirty seconds. He's a politician. Oh yeah, yeah. Spoilers for this podcast. <laughs> he is. He is Thailand's. Uh, JFK, oh, yeah. we'll find out. who fights crime and fights all sorts of bad people, as Kong says to Cage. And um, he, uh, uh, the bad guys, um, uh, they decide that since it's a politician that he's assassinating, something could go wrong really easily. And it would be better if they know who Cage is, but he doesn't know who they are, so they can't lead it back to him, I believe. And yeah. they just want to, I don't know. Something like trying that. to figure out some weird shit. Just, eh. uh, yeah, so I, they're they're trying to kidnap Kong to figure out who he is. I don't really understand their logic. It's it's movie bad guy logic. They exactly. just got to do a thing to inconvenience the main characters. Yeah, and uh, I mean it, it works uh, at just that. Um, and so Cage goes to get. Uh, he has. He's basically the reason I said that his last target is Thailand's JFK is because they have them set up in like. A Lee Harvey Oswald situation where he's like in a fucking clock tower or something with a sniper rifle. The politician's in a oh, car. Hold on here. 
I think before this, he was going on right before that. He repeats all four of his rules because they want to beat you in the head with these motifs. Oh, yeah. They did with the elephant. He's repeating all of his four rules and clipping to all the ways that he broke his four rules. He got involved with people outside of work and Kong and Fawn. Yeah. And he um, <clears throat> he made the mistake of he didn't ask questions, but he found out who this target is. And it's a good guy who's like fighting bad guys and stuff like a good guy politician. And he, um, he, uh, he's not erasing every trace, I think, cause he threw around guns all the time with fingerprints on yeah, and tossing shit guns and, in the and, water, tossing his smack into the elephant's hole. Yeah. But, uh, go, go on with your, with your summary. Uh yeah, sorry, I I jumped a little bit too far ahead, but yeah, he's uh he's got the his last man in his sights, um and as you said um when he's kind of going over these rules again, um right when he gets his target in his sights, he he has the uh the realization that he broke the you know don't get personal rule. He has a flashback to Fawn, and he misses his shot. Like, he, he doesn't even take the shot, does he? No, he gets spotted. Yeah, oh yeah, he gets spotted by the 5-0. They start shooting the shit out of... Uh, I, don't, I don't know how they saw him, I guess. No. Uh, I have no idea. It's just they were standing there and they were like, Look in that window! <laughs> yeah, they just, just open and fire. Unload. Um, <laughs> I might have clipped there, sorry. And, uh, so we... You're fired! Hey, fuck you, Dave. Sticky balls. Um, I... Don't fucking tap me, motherfucker. All right. Uh, we uh, we cut to... By the way, you didn't clip. Okay, cool. Wow. Good job apologizing for nothing. Okay. <laughs> so unprofessional. I'm really guy. good at that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm clearly a superior host. Not that it's a contact. Um, superior in that you're dumb. No, I don't know where I was going with I'm, this. You're I got bigger dumb. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Cage uh, goes to his house. He's packing. He's ready to flee because he knows uh, he's he's out of options. He's, Rule four: Know when to get out. Know when to get out, and it's past time. I mean, he's you know I would like to. I'm thinking it's time for me to get out again because like I haven't seen that movie since it came out. And I, I, yeah. It was a good movie. I'd it was like a really to see good that movie. again. Yeah, uh, Jordan. P I mean, I should watch it again before I see us see like the changes between the two. Oh yeah. Anyways, well, so. <laughs> Nicholas Cage should have been in us. Uh, he really should have. Yeah. Well, he should have been in Get Out too. Oh wait, Get Out too? I haven't seen Get Out too. Oh yeah. Well, uh, it, it would have been better if Cage was in it, but it's about uh. It's about a guy who's playing Nicolas Cage, and uh, oh, yeah. he goes into a really racist neighborhood, and he's like, ah, but he's not affected by the racism, because he's white, yeah. and he's just like, ah, stop being racist, and then, yeah, I and see, that's my one problem with, uh, like, Jordan Peele's movies are really good, mm -hmm. I like them a lot, but they need, uh, they need more, like, white people. Yeah. I feel underrepresented. They need, like, a white savior. Yeah. I feel like, you know. Yeah. A white guy who comes in and makes everything, you know, like good for the for the brown people. Yeah. Like it would be cool if in us uh their their doubles were uh white versions of themselves. Oh, sorry, I just got tripped up. I think a light bulb burnt out over there. But <laughs> I saw that. I just assumed we were getting flashbangs and I was just gonna roll <laughs> through it. Um But yeah, so he's uh he's getting out of his uh situation. Um, 
And this is where we see the the payoff of the paint can bombs. Um, Because as he's packing, some men enter his house to kill him. Mm. And he fucking, it's like he could see two minutes into the future. Yeah. Because he, he... I have a feeling this might be the same person. Because, like, I don't know. I mean, he, he has stuff like that. He His method of flirting is to stare down women in yeah. public places. He, um, I don't know. That's These a, character choices can't be. They both like Cadillacs for fake names. Apparently. Exactly. Yeah. And these movies are only a year apart. So. Vincent Cadillac. <laughs> it's true, and they're only a year apart. Like, I don't, there's, there's too many, up. too many similarities for this to be pure coincidence. The only thing that I need to confirm it would be a bunch of elephants in the movie next, which I didn't remember seeing, but maybe it was when I was looking away. I don't know. Oh yeah, I feel like there's. I mean, in Vegas, there's got to be elephants, right? Yeah, right. it's all show tuning and shit. Um, so he throws the paint can bombs down his stairs, runs into his bathtub, blows the fuck out of his entire house and the men in it besides himself because it's safe in the bathtub. I don't know how we got to do another Mythbusters on that. Yeah. Apparently bathtubs just shield you from explosions generally. I I don't know. Or fireballs at least. Yeah. If you're Indiana Jones, just fucking climb in a refrigerator. Yeah. And you'll be good. Um. So yeah, hey, he, a movie that I think also came out around the same time. Oh yeah, maybe they were on a roll with large white appliances and getting it white savior. Exactly. Ah, all the while it's a fucking advertisement for white people and appliances. It's true, um, and it worked because I have appliances in my house, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's because I saw Indiana Jones, Legend of the Crystal Skull. So he blows the fuck out of these guys. There's like one guy who's like in the throes of death and he asks him where Kong is located. Um, turns out he's with Surat, mm-hmm. the last target, I believe. No, no, no. That was the guy who hired him to do oh, all this. Okay. He's the other guy. He's, uh, yeah. Okay. And who also, you know, was trying to get him killed now for some reason. Cause, right. Well, I guess now they want to kill him because he fucked up and he didn't kill the politicians. So they're like, well, we got to eliminate this guy in case he gets arrested. Yeah, he knows too much. But before that, they were just doing weird shit for no real appreciable yeah. reason. But... Not not that I know. Um, yeah, so he... Cage knows some shit is about to go down. Um, and he goes to... Uh, he's He's planning on going to save Kong. First, he makes that stop, though, at his ex, now ex-girlfriend's place. Mm-hmm. And he's knocking on the door. She can't hear it. Um, and so she she still hates his guts. Mm-hmm. Um, but he leaves. He says his goodbye. And she chases after him. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, or he just doesn't see her. But You know, I gotta say, I was a little confused by that, that... He just shows up at the door and he like bows to her and yeah. then like as a way of saying goodbye and then he leaves and gets on the motorcycle and drives away and she's chasing after him. I'm like, why did she chase after him? Like, I feel like she had some legitimate complaints here. Like, yeah, she, he he killed people on a date. Like, I probably, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't just forgive like random murders. Like, splatter blood on me. <laughs> it's not worth. Chasing someone down a street in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say, let it go. It's fine. Yeah. Um, you'll find somebody. Um, oh, in my notes here, um, because I was confused about the fact that he couldn't see her in the rear view, um, I noted that um, his hair has left him with no periphery. Um, which I think 
is the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just flopping right over the mirror. It's just, so it's it's just <laughs> cut out. He's complete tunnel vision because his fucking hair. Um, so he goes uh, on his uh, little raid um, to save Kong and Om. Um, um, I don't recall what this means, but I noted that he blows a dude's body off. With a grenade? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Yeah, the, the guy pulled a grenade and is about to throw it, but he, he's popping around the corner, runs up, catches him, catches the grenade, and then he puts it in the guy's hand again and stuffs it oh, into his yeah. chest and knocks him against the wall and then jumps behind him in action movie star way. Oh, and yeah. I'm, it's pretty fucking ridiculous, but so good, though. I don't understand how he survived that. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, apparently, um, bathtubs and uh, small blonde-haired Asian dudes will protect you from explosions. See, I would have so. believed it if he would have hopped in a bathtub. Yeah, at that scene, also. exactly. Like, if there was a bathtub there, I it would have made or a refrigerator, I guess yeah. too, or like maybe a washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. But there was not. He just he just kind of rolls with the punches there. Um. So he, he finds Kong, um, and he's fucking shooting everybody. He's pop, I, I think, I don't know. He's pop-pop-banging mm. everybody. Um, and the the important bad guys fully, including Surat. The, the target. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And um, so he's not going to fucking have this. He, he is uh, chasing them down. He's shooting them through the window. Um, and so the, the cops show up, he's chasing this car down, he kills, uh, everybody but Surratt, mm-hmm. right? Shoots all of them down, Surratt's just sitting in a car, like, ducking down, trying not to get shot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he hops in the car, and, uh, like, throws it in reverse, and, uh... Oh, I- yeah, well, I think uh, he was sitting there in the back seat with the um, and there was a dead guy on the front seat who died with his foot on the brake. But oh, the body yeah. slipped. That's what I gathered from it. I think the body slips off of the brake and it starts rolling backwards. Yeah. So into the cops. Yeah. Into the cops. Kong is standing there by the cops watching with bated breath, hoping that his daddy is OK. Yeah. Um. But. The viewer can see that Nicolas Cage is holding a gun to his own head. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's like hugged in Surratt and is laying his head next to him and puts a gun to his head. So he's going to shoot them both. Yeah. And I mean, he does. That's that's literally the end. He fucking one bullet blows both their brains out. Show Kong's sad face Mm -hmm. cut to credits. Uh, No, it wasn't just show Kong's sad face cut to credits. It cuts to a shot of Kong. In a completely different location, oh, at right. a completely different time, standing near a river, just standing there, looking kind of brooding. He's wearing different clothes. It's was a there different an elephant? Context. There was, <laughs> I don't think there was an elephant, no. But it's like, it's even color graded differently. It's like, you know, it's got kind of like a greenish tint to the whole picture, whereas the rest of it was kind of like, like orangish, bluish type thing going yeah. on. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I was confused by that. It was a good 15-second shot of, like, panning around Kong just standing by a river in a completely new context. I guess he's sad and thinking about this later, but then credits. And I'm like, okay. I think I completely zoned out at that last part because I was like, (laughs) all right, uh, Cage blew his own brains out. I don't really see where it's going from here. I mean, it didn't really go anywhere from there, so. Nope. 
it went to some random location that <laughs> had nothing to do with anything. But yeah. um, yeah. So that's Bangkok Dangerous. Quite an ending. I was I was truly not expecting. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. But well, I mean, it made a little sense. I guess he broke all his rules. Like he's his deaf lady that he stared down isn't into him anymore. Yeah, well, so yeah, like, apparently she is though, because she's you know. I don't know, chased after him, but yeah. I, I don't think he it. intended to kill himself. I think he just wanted to like shoot his own ear out. Oh, yeah. So he'd be like, so, yeah. I'm one of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm one with you. Can we put the murder past us? Right. Uh, yeah. So, thoughts on Bangkok Dangerous? Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's... Uh, like we mentioned earlier, it uh, was in the, the bottom tier as far as his movies were rated. Mm -hmm. Um script was bad but i i gotta admit i didn't hate it um the i didn't hate it either i thought it wasn't horrible movie it was mostly just really really mediocre yeah it was it it really didn't uh go over the line to 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 do anything super special um the action sequences were were great mm -hmm. um they kept the entire movie afloat the they were good. I mean, they were well set up, but sometimes well, yeah. there are a couple of parts where Cage just looks kind of clunky as an action hero. I think he's more a drama and acting guy than he is a jumpy. He's not a Tom Cruise. You know yeah, I mean? and or, at this point, or a ben he's, Diesel or he's getting on uh, in age. Mm -hmm. and yeah, true. So, yeah, I mean, but, not but a great some of those movie. action scenes were good. Like, I like the idea. I like the boat chase, the way that was laid out and everything. But, but it, uh, the editing was a little weird. It, it was shot nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, at least it wasn't too long, which is a thing that I am remembering now, because like movies around this time, these were both about an hour and a half. Movies used to be kind of more closer to an hour and a half, and now they're getting closer to like two and a half hours long. Yeah. I, uh, there's something I forgot is like new movies are that's like a trend. Movies are long now. Yeah. And in some cases, good. It, it works. Yeah. It's good when it's a good movie. Right. When it's not a good movie, it's not good. <laughs> right. Because there's, you know, there's some movies where it's justifiable, where you have, uh, you know, things that you need to unpack and you don't want to rush it. Like some of these like 90 minute movies mm -hmm. where fucking everything's happening and nobody knows why. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that if if it works, it works. But sometimes if a movie is two plus hours and it's bad it feels like it's 10 days long exactly and it's very I, very hard i think that's part of the reason why i'm not hating this movie as much as i feel like i would if I, it were if it were made like last year yeah i bet it would be two and a half hours long and it'd be just as mediocre and it would make me hate it a lot more because i had to sit through an extra hour of it yeah you know what i mean and uh, and there was already quite enough padding it didn't need any more yeah um the and tone was really all over the place uh tr truly all those scenes with fawn felt really out of place yeah um, i didn't i was not invested in that relationship at all no um which is a common thread between these two movies um just kind of a forced relationship um yeah but i i will say that um it it definitely works to this movie's benefit that it knew when to stop Mm -hmm. um yeah well um so i guess yeah some commonalities between these films cadillac is a name it's um, a good one too it's a really fucking good name uh cadillac sponsor us um oh hell yeah. uh nick cage sponsors 
stare downs of women into forced relationships and um action with cage i guess but yeah big big action sequences um no rolling logs in this one yeah no rolling logs not not really any bad cgi either surprisingly considering how much smaller the budget was but there wasn't a whole lot of cg of things to cgi so yeah but that i mean that works to its benefit too because i mean instead of taking me out of the movie with uh bad cgi they're they're doing it with bad romance <laughs> with <instead>. and elephants <laughs> and elephants <laughs> but yeah um so let's uh let's bring this head to head it's time for the titular titties i mean uh cage fight cage fight can mm-hmm. we get a ding 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 so head to head matchup what stood out about each of these movies to you um i because these movies were both so mediocre mm-hmm. um they really needed uh to kind of hammer in uh some you know big action sequences to to really make it worth um sitting through mm-hmm. um so those those sequences are really what stand out for me because uh you know i'm a red-blooded uh red-blooded american who loves uh explosions and beer and uh, i'm supplying the beer and they're supplying the explosions brother uh and yeah, I mean, uh, like what what really stood out to me in Bangkok Dangerous is kind of like that that boat chase sequence. Yeah, um, that was probably my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, and um, I guess uh, in next it would be also that that even though the CGI was not great, that uh, that log sequence was kind of kind of cool. Was cool. I guess the part that stood out to me in next was the uh, forty cages part. <laughs> oh yeah. I liked that bit. Uh, I also thought it was kind of cool in the action scenes where he's just pointing out things that were happening before they were happening. Yeah. Uh, in Bangkok Dangerous, yeah, definitely the um, the boat chase scene is the best part of that to me. The climactic fight didn't really feel all that cool, but uh, some of the assassinations were cool. I also like the opening assassination with him timing it up with the bell ringing and the shot. Yeah. I thought that was a cool, neat touch. Um, I don't know. Between the two... Bangkok Dangerous had really bad tone issues. Uh, like it jumped around back and forth constantly. It was, uh, you know, actiony sequence with assassinations. Then like it, the story just drags to a halt as he's romancing this deaf girl, and it has really nothing else to do with what's going on, and really doesn't seem to affect. I mean, I get it that they were trying to say that he didn't go through with the last assassination because he was torn up with. You know, he broke his rule and he was all like into people outside of work and it messed him up and he doesn't want to do this life anymore. But it didn't feel like it would logically lead to that. You know what yeah. I mean? It didn't it didn't feel connected enough and it was totally dissonant. But next had a decent plot. It had an interesting idea for a plot and everything like that. And I think that kind of carried it for me a little more. So if we're bringing this to a vote we gonna should we should we do it at the same time yes all right let's say say the movie that you have chosen to advance oh and uh, i'll count to three and after three you do it okay all right uh, do we have a do we have a tiebreaker uh, just in case oh yeah i believe our tie I, i'll be the tiebreaker if you want me to i have a vote oh, okay okay dave's got a vote he has not <laughs> seen either of these movies but i trust him yeah i trust him i have to an know opinion, what's i am informed on. because i've been sitting in front of these speakers sweating my nuts off for the last uh fuck knows how that's long. true you've been slaving over the fucking the slaving over those boards yeah the ones and 
whatever. <laughs> the uh, ones and zeros and also the analogs. <laughs> and uh, um, Yes. Okay, can we get that countdown, Engineer Dave? All right, do you want me to count down from three or count up to three? Could you count, like, up to 15? Yes. Can oh. you count up to 3,000? Because that's... How much Kong was getting? I'm numerically dyslexic, guys. Like, please don't be so, don't be hard on me. All right, can I'll you show count you to the pie? back of my hand. Can you count to pi? In like hundreds? No, no, no. Go one, two, three pi. Because pi is like three point one four, so it wouldn't be like a full second after. So it'd be like one, two, three pi. Uh, if, yeah. if you got that. Right. Well, I'd have to like kind of subdivide it in my head, like one. One count from uh one to two, three, one, but in fractions. Three one. I okay yeah three one pot. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I can do that, guys. Oh, okay, we can just do like. All right, let's let's do down from three. Yeah, down from three. All right, if you can handle that. All right, you boys ready? Yes, sir. Three, two, one. Next. Next. Hell right. yeah! I think we lined up on that one. Huh. You know what? I could see two minutes into the future, and we both said Bangkok dangerous, so I shot us both in the head. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good. Because I, well, I kind of thought about this at the end of the day, because neither of these movies made a big impression on me, but Bangkok dangerous was kind of all over the place. And I thought, if this advances to the next round, I'm going to watch 80 movies between these two and the next one. I'm probably going to have to watch whatever won this round again. And when I thought about it, I would rather watch next than Bangkok Dangerous again. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So and that's, that's interesting because I was going to vote Bangkok Dangerous despite the fact that I haven't even heard any dialogue from it just because of that creepy, uh, what do you call it, the the incest joke in that movie. Oh, uh, and next. There oh, was, that uh, was a next. Yeah, that's what, that's what it, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, so I he's, see. He's voting voting against. I was voting against uh, next because of and that. And that's fair. That's fair. I mean. Personally, I'm uh, pro incest, but True. see, I'm you a Christian, so <laughs> yeah, I'm well. Yeah, we are a Christian podcast. So we I are, a Christian podcast. but I mean, the Adam and Eve. I mean, their kids had to be incestuous. You know. That's true. We are all children of incest because they are our parents. But Jesus struck people dead over that. True. So yeah, I'd... you know, now that I think about it, he also they cursed really a fig tree. Well, he did. I think I've taken down those commandments. This is all weird. It's yeah. all up in the air now. Shit. I, think, I, I can't believe I've been eating Fig Newtons this whole time, not knowing that they were cursed. Yeah. Uh, so, well, next has advanced to the next round. Which, dun, dun, dun. Um, let me do a quick look to see, should we, should we say what it'll be up against? Because we are, it's um, up against a movie called Birdie. Which I don't know what the fuck that is, mm -hmm. but it is the thirteen C. <laughs> so, oh damn! Next, uh, it's going to be a quite a task. Well, I like birds. So uh, yeah, me. I, actually, I I also like a birdie in golf. I think I don't know. I don't golf. Yeah, me. But either. I think that's a good thing. That's I think that's one of the good ones. Yeah. Mm. Um. So that'll do it. Uh. We, so we have our next matchup. Uh, yeah, lined uh, up. our next episode will be the movie Deadfall versus movie USS Indianapolis Men of Courage. So prepare yourselves battle. for that. Now, Deadfall, I am familiar with primarily from a video online called uh, 
Nicolas Cage Loses His Shit, which is a compilation of a lot of weird Cage moments from movies. And he's got like a weird mullet mustache thing going on. Well, not mullet. It's like a bowl cut mullet thing. He looks like if one of the Beatles was a porn star. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's always wearing these aviator sunglasses and yelling really loud about, come on, man. Rah! And it's got, okay. I'm excited for it. USS I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Indianapolis, I'm not as excited for, unless uh, he... Uh, I'm only familiar with that uh, in reference to our last episode, uh, <laughs> where I think we predicted that he will hopefully punch a shark. So, hopefully. we'll see if that happens. Well, uh, we will see you guys next time, and uh, keep up with us, man. Watch these movies. And, keep uh, on caging off. You have a wonderful life viewer listener viewer listener farewell for good if you're a viewer please go stop viewing me right now that's kind of creepy uh if you're a listener continue listening and, and if uh, you're deaf i'll see you in hell yep and if you would like make a donation to npr <laughs> goodbye everyone goodbye good night This has been a solid work production. Solid work. Solid work. Uh, solid work. Hey, solid, solid work. work.